someone's going to get offended. It's just the way the world works. So to hopefully save everyone a little time and or energy, here's this. The opinions that you hear are those of the host and callers, and not those of iHeartMedia, its management, or advertisers. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Phillips File, broadcasting high atop the iHeartMedia complex on WTKS-FM, HD1, Cocoa Beach, Orlando. Available anywhere you go on the iHeartRadio app. Download it now. Groundbreaking. Critically acclaimed. And now, The Phillips File. All right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. It is. Hello there. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. It is a Wednesday edition of the Phillips File. This one for Wednesday. That's March 28th, the year 2018. Good afternoon, everybody. On Wednesdays, uh, we dispel with uh, the usual intro and go right into the heart of the matter. This is interview number five as the Phillips File takes the first 30 minutes of the program every Wednesday to focus on the opioid crisis here in central Florida. The first three interviews were with addicts and recovering addicts. Last week, we talked with Carol Burkett, who is the chairman of the Orange County Drug Task Force. Our pleasure today to speak with Beverly Hernandez. Beverly is with an organization called The Addicts Mom, with over 95,000 members nationwide. Beverly, welcome to the program. It's good to see you. Thank you so much, Tim. It's good to be here. All right, let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about, let's get the background on on this organization called the Addicts Mom. What, what is this all about? When was it organized and, uh, and, and why? Sure thing. Um, about eight years ago, our founder, Barbara Theodosio, found that she had two sons that were addicted to, um, to opioids. And, um, well, in her need for care and compassion and support, she found she didn't have any. So that's pretty much how we were born. Um, aside from that, three years ago, her son Daniel passed away. So she's been even more on on file to try to get things going and to try to reach out and advocate. She started this organization because her son was having problems at the time. Did she know that or did she or she was or was she just aware that there were things happening and she wanted to help out the community or help out the state, whatever the case might be? Uh, she had two sons that were addicted. Yes. Okay. Mm hmm. And was she having problems finding oh, resources to deal with this? Oh, yeah. She couldn't get a bed. She had her own, you know, PR firm that was successful and beautiful woman. And she was bed-bound. I mean, this totally takes a toll on your whole psyche. Right. What was what happened to her sons? Were, did, did, were they able to recover? Were they able to get away from this? What was the, what was the outcome of their sons or sons' addictions? Uh, one passed away, Daniel. Sadly, three years ago, and the other one is uh, recovered. Okay, mm-hmm. so she started this this group, the Addicts Mom, and how did how did this take off? You now have ninety five thousand members. This is nationwide, not just the state of Florida. I don't know how many you might have in the state of Florida. This is global. It is global. Oh yes, this is nationwide. This is Canada and international in Europe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Addicts Mom does what? We offer support resources. Um, basically, we're just one big community where if you have a loved one, a family member, um, a mother, father, sibling, grandparent, we even have support groups for incarcerated 
if your children are addicted, incarcerated, grandparents. Um, we have just so many groups uh, now that we reach out to. But we are here basically to offer support and a shoulder and to let people know that you're not alone and we're here for you. Are you somewhat of a clearinghouse where people say, you know, because I would imagine, and you can set me straight if I don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> which is usually the case. But is it a clearinghouse where people, I would imagine people, I have this problem, or I have that problem, or I can't find uh, funding for, I can't find, it, you know, insurance doesn't cover uh, my, my, one of my kids who's addicted, or I can't <clears throat> find the proper uh, uh, rehab facility. I mean, what is, the, what is the biggest concern that you see coming in for, from people who are contacting the addict's mom? What is, what is their biggest problem and or concern? Well, Jim, it's a little bit of everything. They come for all of that, but mostly they come to a private, closed place where they can vent, where they are no longer alone, where you have been. That's one of the biggest things in this whole ordeal with having a loved one that's an addict is isolation. The stigma is horrible. And people think your child is dirty and they're this and they're that. And what it comes down to is our children are just like everybody else. They're talented, they're beautiful, they're loved. And when that happens to us, we feel so alone. Families dissipate. You know, a lot of times the mother and the father will fight over things. Mm -hmm. uh, other family members won't come around. Friends scatter. You know, nobody wants to be, you know, in the stigma. So we are a place where they can come and they, they just vent. They can just talk about whatever they want to talk about. And there's so many people that have walked their shoes. Now, do you have, I mean, are these, when you, when you say they can vent, do they get together in, in, at a place or is this essentially venting through Facebook attachments or, I mean, how do, how do they, how do you, how do they do that? Is it, I mean, when you're, when you're part of a 12 step program, let's say AA, you go someplace, there's always someplace you can go at any time of day in your community you can go there and you stand up or, you know, get that help you need. In this particular case, is it, what is it? Is it I can get a hold of somebody across the country and vent to them? Or do they have sponsors? Do you have places where people meet? This is primarily Facebook. Primarily Facebook. We have, okay. We have a closed group where you can come and join. Okay. And then nothing that you say in that group will be known by anyone. And we also have a public group where you can come. And that gets 2 million views a week, mm -hmm. our, fan, our public fan page. And then we have a, a Facebook group, closed Facebook group for every state. Then we have one for Canada. We have one for international. And then we have all the subgroups as well. Grieving moms, moms who have lost their children. I mean, that's a big one that's really close to my heart. So... We Tell have, me how. I mean, close to your well, heart. How, how I, so? I found this group because I was just like Barbara. I was alone. I had nobody. And my son is an addict. And you live with the fear every day that you're going to get that phone call. Right. That phone call that everyone dreads. And then you have everybody. Your son is still with us. My son is still here, yes. And he's he, is he recover He's incarcerated? <clears throat> he was in recovery for two and a half years. And then uh, he relapsed about five weeks ago when mm -hmm. my mom died. No excuse. So um, he's walking his path now, and I have found my recovery, and that's what this is so great about. I'm an addict as well. I'm addicted to my addict, to my child. Okay. So I have to find my recovery. When you found, when you discovered that your son was an addict, I, I mean, if you, if you, if I get too deep and oh, too no. personal, you just tell me to take a flying leap. <laughs> <clears throat> but I'll probably continue anyway. Uh, uh, walk me, talk, talk the audience through that process of when you found out. Did you have suspicions? 
did he come to you and say, Mom, I've got a problem? Was there, I mean, did it first come to, to light? Was he arrested? I mean, what happened here? Okay, so um, my husband is uh, law enforcement mm-hmm. and very strict. And uh, it started out in high school, <clears throat> excuse me, with my son uh, using marijuana, things like that. It was, with him, it wasn't a pill addiction or anything. It was his friends, the people he was hanging out with. Right. And that progressed very quickly from marijuana to opioids, um, uh, shooting pain pills, because they can melt those down too, just as much, and um, Xanax. That's a horrible thing. Xanax, all those things. Right. And then it uh, progressed into heroin. And then from heroin, it went basically everywhere. And this came to your attention how? Um, I remember uh, catching him smoking weed in my house. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I went off on him. And, uh, oh, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it, and I'm going to stop. Well, then I kind of let it go there. I just figured maybe it was, you know, experimenting or whatever. So then comes, you know, I get a phone call from my nephew that says, hey, I saw your son in a party, you know, in the bathroom shooting up. And I didn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. No, not my son, no way. And then I started watching, and it was very evident. They start losing the weight. They start turning different, you know, their whole skin takes on a whole different color. The way they act, they're hateful. They're stealing. He starts stealing, you know, all these things. And then I realized I have this horrible problem on my hands, mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And there was no one to tell me what to do. I had to figure it out myself. And, and what did you do? I started looking. I mean, how long did this go on before um, eventually, I mean, something happened? Probably a year, and then it started getting so bad that I had to kick him out. How about guilt? Oh, 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 that's the worst. Because not only do you feel guilty, that's your child. We're mama bears. We're supposed to, we are predestined to take care of our children. Are you going through one of those, what did I do wrong? Oh, yes. I must have done something of wrong. Of course. I, what did I do wrong? How did I raise him wrong? He had. He was medium, middle class, beautiful looking Hollister type boy, mm-hmm. beautiful personality, creative, loved by everyone. Why? Why me? Why him? Yeah. By him. That's what he would, you know. And I would say, why did this happen? And, and, uh, a lot of times this turns psychological, Jim. A lot of times it's psychological things. It's not always sure. they're you know addicted to a pain pill and trying to come off. It's psychological. And just like an alcoholic picks up a drink. What would he say to you? He said, what's the problem? What, how did this happen? When you finally get to that point, you're saying, how did, how did this happen? How did you get to this place? Was it, I would imagine a lot of it with parents, is it me? Did I, did I do something wrong? And I would, I would suspect the, the answer most of the time is, you didn't do anything wrong. No. Mom, Dad, didn't you didn't do anything wrong. Did, no, as a matter of fact, I um, I was just the opposite. You know, I was a very good mom, and I was very supportive. And today, mm-hmm. as long as he's clean, I have my boundaries. I'm a supportive as well. I don't enable. I'm working my recovery. He's choosing his path that he's walking, and that's the path he's walking. And it's my minding my own business. It's his road. To, it's his road to travel. Now, you said that your son had been. He's been. He's incarcerated now. At the moment, yes. Because of drug possession? Oh, no. Uh, last week he decided, um, I know you talk about heroin a lot in the opioids, yeah, but right. on the other side, the medically assisted you know, treatment, the mat, they can abuse that as well. Okay. And so he was taking Xanax and Suboxone and Clonopin and mixing this all together until he went into an Adderall. Adderall's a bad one. He went into psychosis, and he thought people were chasing him, trying to kill him. So he's in Tallahassee. Well, he ended up in Georgia on a high-speed chase with himself. Okay. And he called me in the middle of it. Okay. Hi, Mom. I'm, you know, I'm, he's screaming and freaking out, and I don't know where I am, and people are going to kill me, and I just want to tell you I love you. And how do you act like that? And this is the fourth call like this I've gotten. This, this must be first. exhausting. It's so exhausting. It totally can, deli- 
can just tear you down in every single way, shape and form, to where you don't want to get out of bed, to where you don't know how you're going to make it through the day. Put aside your other family, your other children you might have to take care of, or your spouse, a job, you know, how do you even do with these things? But there is recovery. As an addict's mom, as a person who loves an addict, there is recovery. We, too, have to recover because we are addicted to our loved ones. Beverly Hernandez is our guest. She is with the Addict's Mom. We're going to take a little break. We have to. We have those commercial obligations to take care of. We'll continue our conversation with Beverly when we come back. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. iHeartRadio is the easy-to-use app for music and radio. Download the free iHeartRadio app today. Phillips File for our Wednesday. Every Wednesday on the Phillips File this year, we're spending 30 to 40 minutes uh, right off the bat the first hour uh, focusing on the opioid crisis here in uh, Central Florida. This is interview number five. We've uh, talked to addicts, recovering addicts. Uh, last week, we talked to the chairman of the Orange County Drug Task Force, and uh, Beverly Hernandez is with us today. She is with an organization called the Addicts Mom with over 95,000 members, I guess worldwide now, right? Is it nationwide or worldwide? Worldwide. worldwide. And this, uh, from what we can gather, and tell me if I'm off base here, it, it seems to me it's a network, it's a coalition of people on Facebook who can connect with other people as it relates to their children who are addicts or maybe even uh, mothers and fathers of children who have passed who are willing and able to provide some information maybe to new people who are joining, essentially saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I need I need some help. You describe your situation with your son who's now incarcerated when this all began. You didn't know what to do. You didn't have a clue. That's right. We're a community, um, a community of a, a lot of closed Facebook groups, which you can post and, and offer encouragement and love and support. And it goes way beyond just the mother now since we've grown so much. We, you know, we have a, a group for the dads. We have a group for mm-hmm. mothers of incarcerated children. We have a siblings group. We have a grandparents group who are raising their grandchildren for whatever reason. Right. Um, we have the grieving moms, and you know that's just so sad. It's it's, it's horrible. It happens every day, and it's just um, it's unneeded. We need to do something to fix this problem. Let, let me get to this before I, I I forget and and let you go. And how do, how does anybody join this organization or connect with 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 this with this group, the Addicts Mom. Okay, so you go to Facebook. We all, well, first we have a website which is addictsmom.com. Okay, and you'll find resources there. We have online Narnon meetings that I facilitate okay. and a couple others. So you can come there for free. You can go to Narnon meetings if there's none in your area. Three times a week. That's Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday and Thursday at eight p.m. and Saturday at nine p.m. Mm-hmm. We have resources. When we get scholarships, we'll put that out there for, you know, if you need a scholarship for your child. Um, we have just our, our moms are a lot of mama bears, and we have just so many resources. We do events like Lights of Hope where we come together once a year in September all over the globe, right. even here in Orlando. And we light candle candlelight vigils and remember anyone who's been a, uh, affected or touched by addiction, um, we come and we, we give time for that. We, we attend the Fed Up rally in Washington every year, march right on the Capitol. I would imagine with the Facebook group, mm-hmm. no matter, you probably, people who are members of the Addicts Mom, I would imagine they've heard it all. Oh. So anybody who's joining for the first time said, I, I don't know, I don't have an answer. I would imagine that there's one of the 95,000 who say, I got the answer, been there, done that, I got that t-shirt. 
what's the question because I got the answer. There's 20,000 what those answers. Okay. And let me tell you, when the new person comes in, we wrap our arms around them and we blanket them and we take them under our wing and we support them and we love them and we help them through the worst times of their life. And if you want to join our groups, it's The Addicts Mom on Facebook. Just do a search in groups. The Addicts Mom, there's a, a public group and a closed group. So if you're worried about your privacy, mm-hmm. um, then join the closed group. And then we all talk in there and everything, and nothing can be seen on your page by anyone else. What's the biggest uh, burden that, uh, let's say, parents carry when when their children are addicts? Is it guilt? It's guilt. It's fear. Every second of every day, we're afraid we're going to get that call. The call. Right. And, uh, And it's guilt. And it's it's uh, isolation. The isolation is horrible, Joe. I mean, you are utterly alone. You feel utterly alone. No one else in the world understands what you're going through, and you don't know how to fix it. And the truth is, you can't fix it. Well, those I would imagine most people don't. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, "You know, Jim, my 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 boy is that the," I, like, I don't know what to do. So, well, at least now I know. Well, one of the things you can do is contact the addict's mom. You can join sure. that. But I mean, by and large. <laughs> We don't, we don't know what to do. We, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have a clue. I well, wouldn't know where to start. I mean, I can start with your group, but you, you know what I mean. Other than that, like, what can we do? And, it's, and most people, do, are people still carrying a stereotype of, oh, your son's an addict, meaning you're essentially, he's just, you know, not yours in particular, but I mean, this was a loser. And it's not my problem. That's your problem, not mine. When, in effect, it's really all of our problem. Um, it's addict is a dirty word to many. It's a stigma and it should not be a stigma because these are children from all races, all ethnicities, all social standings, mm-hmm. the wealthy to the poor. It, addiction doesn't discriminate. It's everywhere. And anyone can fall into it just that easy. All you do is, Hey, I took this, I experimented. I liked it. Here I go. And what it comes down to Jim is what people don't realize is it's a disease. The American Metal Association, 1955, said it's a progressive, incurable disease. And how it works is like this. Think of diabetes, a lot type 2 diabetes. You know, I'm a big girl. So if I eat a lot of sugar, I can get diabetes. Now it's a disease, okay? In the mind of an addict, it chemically alters your brain. So when you try to come off of, you know, the, the drug of choice that you have or whatever, for the first 45 days, the frontal lobe isn't even repaired yet so your reasoning is gone there is no reasoning none for the first 45 days Mm -hmm. then for the next three to six months the rest of your brain will try to recuperate and then for sometimes up to a year after that you have to change your way as an addict you have to you know the self the self-serving right away and and all these things it's a long process and if you don't want it you're not gonna change there are estimates that uh nationwide I've heard anywhere from 80 to 130 Americans are dying every day from some form of opioid addiction. This doesn't even count the number of times 911 is called to, and, and people are saved through various processes. But, I mean, let's say it's 115 a day. In your experience with the addict's mom getting the responses you get, is the problem static? Is it getting better or is it getting worse? I hate to say it's getting worse, and I think it's going to get worse until we get better. Do you? And, and to get better, you have to start in so many different ways. I mean, that's a whole different show in itself, I really believe. <laughs> to get better, to get better, 
you have to have more funding. You have to have more beds, more treatment. Um, you can go right now, if you have a loved one in your life, and you might not know this, if you have a loved one in your life that's an opioid addict, you can go to CVS Pharmacy right now and you can get naloxone. They will okay. give it to you without a prescription. Okay. I didn't know that. Yes. So therefore, um, and I believe that's nationwide now. So if you have insurance, your insurance will probably pay for it if you let them know you have an addict. And so this is for, this is essentially for parents who's, who's, who's somebody, yeah. who's, for someone who overdoses in their house. That's right. They have a life-saving device. There's a lot of people that, that won't kick their children out. There's right. a lot of people that will let them live there still. And, um, and so therefore, if you wake up in the morning and, you know, there they are, it might take two, three, four shots of Narcan. I was listening last week to you, and it's true. Because they're overdosing so you know so heavily. Uh, and there's so many people who you know we we get texts and calls all the time after these interviews. I'm having a hard time finding somebody to help me. I mean, we have now have you where there's now yeah, okay. Yeah. This is a springboard to to help people jumpstart. You know, finding a a solution to a problem, but at least in your view. And I'm not saying you know everything, but in your view, what's the be- what's the best road for recovery for your children? Can you say I, I is it? I don't have an answer for that because for, children children and their addictions vary. I mean, I might approach it one way, but you need might want to approach it a different way. Okay, so for our addicts to recover, or yeah, for us to yeah. I mean, if somebody said, "Look, my son, sure. or my daughter is addicted. Uh, you've been this way for I don't know where to turn. I don't know you know. I'm now turning to you." What do you think I should do? I, or, you know, we get people say, I don't know what to do. I don't have any insurance. I can't, I can't, you know, get my, my, my kid into a, a rehab facility, a recovery facility. What do you do? There are some free, long-term, amazing facilities. Troza is one of them. Faith Farms here in Florida. There's three, I think, three Faith Farms here in Florida. It's a long, year-long program, um, but it's spiritual-based. They also teach the addict how to, um, they have each different, one's mechanics, one's, you know, agriculture, different uh, job-related skills, and it's long-term, and it's strict, but if you want to change, it's there. You can find it. But my way of approaching this, my, and, and you're right, and the reason that it's different for everyone is because people are different. Everyone thinks different on these terms. You, you and your husband disagree oh, a yes. little bit on the best way to approach your son's addiction. Am, am I correct in that observation? Not anymore, but yes. Before I found recovery for myself, yes. Well, you we wrestle him to the ground, what'd you do? Pull his ear, no, pull his he, hair, what'd you he, do to him? And, <laughs> and, the, and the fact about it, I hate to... No, one, no so woman I'm not, wants... I'm not cooking for you anymore? What no, was it? No woman wants to say, my husband's right. <laughs> but I have to say, my husband was right. And once Meaning. we got on the, same, on the same unified front, and I realized, that I have to let my son be himself, and he has to take responsibility for his own actions because he started using drugs on his own. He's going to have to crawl out of that pit. We on heard his that own. from from some of the from, from some of the addicts on the program, where they said, you know, we just had to make let that us decision alone. Let our us own. Do our thing. That's you know, right. instead of you know our parents or friends enabling us, we just have to hit that wall in some form or fashion and make that decision to go forward with it. And you have to mean it, and you have yeah. to want it. And Jack has a has a sure. question for you, Beverly. Beverly, so you uh, say that you and your husband have now come together. What was your way of thinking before that you had to, that you changed your mind on on how to approach your son or how to handle your son? Well, I thought I was Mama Bear. I could fix him. I fixed everything. I'm the mom. You right. know, I'm the mom. I could fix everything. Yes, I know him best. Um, he's stepdad, and I'm mom, and, and I just know my son, and I could do everything. I could help him, and and I didn't want the whole. You know, everybody in the family had 
had shunned him and turned him away, and I was the only one that he had. And if I was afraid if I turned my back on him, he's going to you know either commit suicide or whatever. And and I didn't want that guilt. And then I realized that nothing I do is going to make a difference. When did that realization kick in? Um, I found, and why? Was there yes, something that happened or said, you know something, the way I was thinking about this is 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 not the right way to think about this? What happened in your case? I found Tam, which is the addict's mom. We call it Tam, T-A-M, Tam. Right, the addict's so, mom. So I found Tam, and shortly after I found Tam, I found Narnon. And that, that again is what? Life changer saved my life. Both of those together saved my life. Okay. Because I would have, um, I had anxiety. I have PTSD. Most people who love an addict, especially mothers, have PTSD. You don't find your child overdosed that many times and not get some form of PTSD. We have anxiety. We have, you know, sometimes you can't get out of bed, you can't function. And I was going down that road. And I had already been admitted to the hospital a few times for a panic disorder. Sure. So I had to do something. So with Addict's mom and with the love and the encouragement and support and the kindness of these beautiful women, I learned that I could be strong. And I learned everything I had tried had failed, Jim, everything. And I had tried everything. Bankrupt, we were in bankruptcy because I pay for all these treatments and everything. Mm-hmm. Everything I tried failed. And then I found Addict's mom and then I found Narnon. And together I learned that I can be happy no matter what my addict is doing because it's his choice ultimately. Right. Where do you think this is going to go from? I mean, I talked to you. You think it's going to get it worse before it gets better. Well, I think we need. What do you think? I mean, is there any. There's two different. You have to hold out hope, I'm sure. Yes. But at the same time, yeah, we, we, whether it's through this program or the news, we we continue to. Do you get the idea? Because I do. And maybe I'm way off base on this. I don't watch a lot of news anymore, local news. But do you get the idea that, okay, for a while, uh, the, the news, uh, the media was focusing a lot of attention on this, and they've kind of moved on. I get that idea that this is not this is not center most in their in their in their thinking as far as what they want to cover, and it's a major major problem of affecting negatively every community in the United States. They have touched on the opioids. What they failed to do was touch on everything else, which is just as dangerous. The meth. There's no help for meth. There's no uh, Vivitrol. There's no aid in coming down off of meth. There's no long-term anything. I mean, there's so many things for opioids right now. There's a, a year-long matchstick you can get put in your, in your arm, and it'll block your opioid receptors for a year. It's wonderful. Meth, there's nothing. Nothing. And we've heard that meth is making a comeback. Oh, I mean, sure. Adderall, you know, all up and down things. and up and down. Xanax is horrible, too. They overdose on that all right. the time. So they failed to bring into the account the whole other spectrum that's out there. Right. And if they're going to change this, we need more funding. We need, we need people to stop thinking that addicts are dirty and it's a stigma, and we need them to help. Mm-hmm. We need to start teaching our children. And this is where it's going to help at from a young age that this is there. Spend more time with your kids. Talk to your kids. Show you, don't be afraid to show your kids that this is out there. Because if you don't start when they're young, this is what you're going to have. Look at your crystal ball. What do you think is going to happen with your son? Or, or, or would you say, I can't do that? I, I, I can't. I don't know. I'm only lucky in one aspect. My son is what I would call soft. He won't live on the streets for long. When he gets out of jail, he'll probably go back to treatment. Will he mean it? Will it be because he wants to get better? Probably not. I can pray and my higher power, and I give him to, to God every day. 
and pray that he's going to find his recovery and it's going to be wonderful because I want wonderful things for him. But if he doesn't, Jim, I know that I did the best I could and I did mm-hmm. everything I can and ultimately it's his choice. I barely got about one more minute to spend with you. I could spend hours and hours and hours, but you know what we have to do. So tell everybody again about uh, the Addicts Mom and how they can how they can contact this organization and how they can become involved. You can join our website, addictsmom.com, okay. and there's resources there and everything. You can go to Facebook, searching groups for the Addicts Mom. You'll find the closed group and the public group. If you want to join the closed group, that's where you're going to be able to share and talk and meet people in private, and, and you're not going to you know be out there. And also... For all your specialty groups like Florida Chapter and and, mm-hmm. uh, and the grandparents and the grieving and the incarcerated and siblings, dads, you'll look TAM, T-A-M, and then you'll see, just search TAM, and you'll find all of our subgroups. There you go. That's a great first step. Thanks for uh, joining. You're a wonderful person, and thanks for joining us, and we wish you all the best of, of luck, you know, as this progresses down the road. Thanks Thank for you for joining you. us. God bless. There you go. That's uh, Beverly Hernandez. She is with the Addicts Mom. 95,000 members all over the place, and uh, the Addicts Mom might be able to help you out as well. We'll take a little break, come back, other things to do, of course. It's a Wednesday edition of the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. There we go. It's a Wednesday edition of the Phillips File. Mo remains on vacation. She should be back with us on Monday. Fritz is not here, so Sabrina from the News Junkie. She's helping out with the news. She and Mr. Pinkman have have the news. What do you got, guys? Oh, man, a lot today. Oh, uh, here's what I'm going to do, by the way. We're going to have a joke-off. Oh, oh boy. boy. Joke-off. A joke-off. Careful with that spelling. It will be... Uh, <laughs> no, the other thing, I was in military school, and I know what that's all about. Hey. Um, so <laughs> you can either make them up or... That's you can make one. them up or you can research them. Each of you has to have come up with five one-liners. Oh, boy. Based on the stories that we're sharing. No, 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 anything, anything. Wait, just, during you, the news now or later? Later. Oh, okay. Challenge Yeah, you got to sell. It. it might be you know, on the 5 o'clock hour, maybe in the 6 o'clock hour. Yeah. And then, Jack, you and I will judge. Oh, good, good. Sabrina wins. One at a time. Sabrina, oh. you know, we'll rate them and we'll see who has the best one-liners. You know what a one-liner you know one yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But I it left. could be anything. I don't care whether you steal Henning Youngman. I don't know whether you make it, whether you make it up yourself, but uh, and then we'll just go from there. I left my one-liner jokes at home. Oh, Damn they're it. all right. Feel free here. to make fun of each other or Moira. You know, whatever, yeah, whatever just, floats your boat. Yeah, the wheels are turning. All right, old jokes are in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. News today is brought to you by Fox 35, the news station for bigger, bolder, better news coverage. Watch Fox 35 News at 10. With Charles, Bill I, and Luann Sorrell right after your favorite Fox primetime show, only on Fox 35, the news station. And here is the latest news that was handed down to us before we started the show. The right. jury in the North Salmon case is now deliberating uh, the widow of the Pulse gunman after prosecutors and defense attorneys made their closing arguments this morning. 12-member jury started its deliberations just at 1.42 p.m. today. Uh, They say they can deliberate as long as needed to decide whether Salman is guilty of obstruction of justice and of aiding and abetting Omar Mateen and providing of material support to a foreign terror organization. I don't think so. I think the defense essentially sold the idea that she's just not on the bright side and that she may have been the victim of spouse abuse. And yeah, 
That's the first thing I heard. I did not know the IQ level until this morning on the news. Yeah, no, I, don't want to, I don't want to use the word slow, but I think that's the way they kind of described her. She's, an, oh. you know, she's just not the sharpest knife in the drawer intellectually, and she may come from a cultural background where she was abused or manipulated. Yeah, mistrial or not guilty. That's what I'm predicting. Go ahead. What do you got, Sabrina? Oh, got Orlando City Soccer Club majority owner Flavio Agosto de Silva. See. Oh, very good. Are you Hispanic? Yeah. Uh, Necessarily wasn't looking for a minority investor for the club, but hey, he found him anyways. They have welcomed (laughs) Albert Friedberg as a new minority investor. Wonder why that's happening. Um, maybe they want to get some new merch or perhaps <laughs> a roof or over the stadium. I have no idea. Okay, those are rumors, but yeah, a little influx. Well, he's selling off. Well, yeah, but he's selling off. So he's getting the money. So he sold. He might need the money. Eight point six three percent ownership with the club valued at wow four hundred ninety point fifty three million. Whoa! So the sale is worth forty two point three million. That's, that's a minority investment. Yeah, that's about eight point six percent. I think. Oh. I wonder why. Just no, you are you wondering or some you capital. know? I see it in your no, eyes. No, I do not. I do not know. My connections with that team are fairly non-existent anymore. So it's just influx of some capital, some cash to use. Yeah, it the, wasn't hurt him to give up a little portion of the team. He gets a you know fat briefcase full of cash. Oh, I wish I could be so that. Yeah, I wonder why though. Well, I think I think Sabrina's goals. right. New jerseys or something. New kits. They have uh, two goals. The club's no, new capital. The, he, no, he's he gets the cash. Yes, and then he's going to donate. That's in it. his pocket. Right. He's not going. Oh, I got uh, forty million dollars right. in my pocket, so I'm going to buy new jerseys. He's selling off eight point three percent or whatever it is of the team. Sabrina said they're buying two new goals, one for each end of the pitch. There you go. No, they have two. Maybe goals. He just doesn't. Oh. Well, I think he. I think he likes the idea of owning a team. I don't think he likes the idea of uh, paying for it. Management. <laughs> well, or might, he might be hurting for money. Well, I will invest five dollars and be a micro investor. <laughs> That's like a small fraction of a percent. Uh, and you can own a blade of grass on the on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. you still can't step on it. Yeah, no. you're like, hey, 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 feed off the grass. That's my money. <laughs> Let's go. That's my Come nano on. investment. News, Corinne please. Brown. Corinne Brown. Remember her? Yes. She's in prison now. Right. Uh, she's attempting to get out of federal prison based on the ex-juror who said the Holy Spirit told him Brown was not guilty of the charges related to a charity scam. Want to make any bets on that? Ooh. She says that he shouldn't have been removed. I'll bet you a dollar she's not out of prison before the end of the year. Oh, no. I doubt that. Okay. I'm not taking that. I'll take it. You think Corinne Brown will be released from prison before the end of the year? I don't think it, but I like to bet. I like a friendly you competition. Bet. That's, a buck. That's how he gets oh. me all the time. Sucker. There you go. I just uh, got peer pressure. Yeah. Now I got to write. You're it Mark down Zuckerberg. You're smoking cigarettes? What, what is that pack over there? Yeah, that's cigarettes. You can't smoke in here, you know. <laughs> what do you mean? You're, you've been we doing. Can't. You've been in the biz for years. I thought it was old school radio. Jim used to, right? Didn't you used to smoke on the air? No, I never smoked on the air. I smoked when I worked in the newsroom. Yeah. I was a two-and-a-half-pack-a-day two smoker. Was wow. that after you hired Moira? You started smoking? No. Oh, okay. I started doing drugs after oh, I hired her. <laughs> Someone say drugs? <laughs> Reddy Creek, are you Don't familiar? Don't get me going on that. Are you familiar with Reddy Creek? No. Reedy Turns Creek. out they are the Disney-run government. Oh, that's Reedy, Reedy Creek. Reedy Creek. Oh. Well, you ready for some Reedy? <laughs> I can't What's read What's their problem? 
Uh, Reedy Creek was cited with unsatisfactory performance when it terminated manager Tracy Shrey January 8th, according to district paperwork. Well, damn. Oh, boy. Her firing. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh-huh. It's a little screechy. Maybe uh-huh. it's the Disney smoking cigarettes. Her firing came after. <laughs> Mickey who smokes. An Orlando business consultant hired by the district wrote a critical report in June. The report said Chief Information Officer Yenny Hernandez is viewed as a bully and created a working environment where employees feared very bad things happening if they spoke out. You know what Reedy Creek is? Reedy Creek is the police over there. Isn't no, Reedy it? Creek essentially is a government in itself. Uh, that is the entire Disney property. So there's which like a is, Disney what, judge. 40, 40 50,000 acres, and they are re- required under their charter to have a certain number of people who live on that property. And I don't know how many there might be, 20 or 25, but that's about it. All the underground stuff or no, celebration. They live in a house right on in Reedy Creek. And they have a town council and this and that and whatever. This is all new to me. It was all it was all approved as part of the deal uh, for Disney to uh, to be able to to build in Central Florida. He said, "I want to build another Disneyland. We'll call it Disney World. I'm going to bring, build this gigantic theme park, but I want to be able to pass some of my own laws. I want to be able to pass some of my own rules and regulations outside of what the state of Florida." Can do that's crazy to me yeah wow that's what money gets you maybe that's what the brazilian billionaire is doing with his money making his own oh. soccer world his own his own town around the stadium yeah i think you're cool. <laughs> you want to do birthdays yeah do some birthdays let's get out of this all right we've got vince vaughn from swingers dodgeball that crappy jurassic park sequel yeah wedding crashers yeah vince vaughn Where? is now 50 I get to go. Yeah. Vince Vaughn is 48. On the money, 48. Yeah, I was going to say, man. Oh, she's oh. better than Fritz Vince at this game. Vaughn stars as Vince Vaughn in every movie. Kapoya, kapoya. Pretty much. Except for that one where he was a murderer. Uh, uh, where, what was the one where he had the gambling house? What was that one? That True one. Detective? Yeah, True Detective season two. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I forgot all about it. That wasn't. You hated it. I liked him. I thought he was fairly good. You hated True Detective season two. I did. I didn't think it was good. Because it was not season one. Ah. Season one had McConaughey in it. Uh, Let's go with Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanota, also known as Lady Gaga. Oh, love her. Sabrina, you're up. Lady Gaga is... 32 years oh, old. Oh, please. On the money, 32. Oh, Son of my bitch. gosh. I'm time, on fire. Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out, time out, time out. We didn't out. do any birthdays today. We, you did not do any birthdays today because you do birthdays. I on... swear on my cat who also has a birthday today. Oh. oh. My dog Jeter had a birthday yesterday. What? Uh, Luna is six. It should six. be BFS. Luna is six years old. Yes. That is correct. Double Jeter's, Jeter's nine. I'm losing control of this program. Number three, please. <laughs> Uh, let's go with Reba McIntyre. Your favorite. Oh, Reba. Oh, Reba. Come on, Sabrina. Try and sweep us yeah, out the door. See if you can, yeah, go ahead with Reba. Kapoya, see what you do. Kapoya. Oh, that's premature. Reba. <laughs> Reba McIntyre is 63 years old. How did uh, you know that? Really? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that is. Oh, Get out of here. Come on. That's wait, such a fix. I'm Time out. Queen. Wait, did she? Wait. I didn't show these I to her. Reba McIntyre is 63? Yes. I'm getting. You have to give her another one. She. Too. 
Five is the record. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I'm feeling really nervous. Now, this is only for Sabrina. This is a a Sabrina play. How about Julia Stiles from 10 Things I Hate About You? Oh, I know. Ah. Julia Stiles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was the star of 10 Things. Yeah, and that movie with Heath Ledger and Mm -hmm. Justin Gordon. One of my favorites. 41. Yeah, 37. Sorry. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, Jack holds the record. Yeah. (laughs) I feel good, though. I feel real good. Yeah, you should. You Whatever. tried. Yeah. Reba. Yeah. Pretty yeah. good in those KFC ads. Loving it. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, nice goatee. It's a great campaign, what? whoever came up with that one. Whoever came up with that campaign, they got a corner office. Better be rich. Got that in a, what? now a vice president. All right, take a little break. When we come back. <laughs> Did you say got that nut? Easy, everybody. <laughs> one at a time, if you don't mind. When we come back, Sabrina will go up against Pinkman in a bonus round of Closest to the Pin on Real Radio 104.1. $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. From the- and now the Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all going to get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! Well, it's another celebrity bonus round of closest to the pin. Uh, today it will be Sabrina from the News Junkie up against the Mr. Pinkman, Mr. Pinkman, and uh, we're going to bring Brandon on the line. He'll pick one of the two, and if he picks correctly, he'll win that You Matter business card. Uh, if he uh, picks correctly, of course, he gets that card. He will have good fortune for the rest of his life. Unfortunately, of course, if Brandon chooses incorrectly, he will have bad luck for 24 hours. So, Brandon, how are you today? I am fantastic, Mr. All right, Brandon, here we go. Uh, you either pick uh, Mr. Pinkman or Sabrina to win this round of the celebrity bonus round of Closest to the Pin. Who do you want to go with? I love Sabrina, but i got to go with the home guy, Mr. Pinkman. Wow. You're going with Pinkman. Okay. Jack, who goes first? That I always means forget. Mr. Pinkman has to leave mm. this studio, and Sabrina gets to stay where you she stay is. Stay right there, Sabrina, okay? And I don't know if you've ever Good heard. luck. I think I played once. Yeah, well, you know how we play the game. Yeah, we make it up as we go so, along. All right, I've got 10 questions for you, Sabrina. And, uh, and just answer to the best of your ability, all right? Got it. <clears throat> uh, do we have a time? We do have a time element, Yeah, right? we, we time no it. Handicap. no handicap. Uh, no handicap. All right, 10 questions for Sabrina. If you'll count down, Jack, and sure. keep score. Here we go. In three, two, one, begin. Uh, the police shooting of an unarmed man has Sacramento on edge. What's the population of Sacramento? Uh, uh, 505,000. Talk about police. The police re- released the album called Ghost in the Machine in what year? 1979. The movie Ghost was released in what year? The movie Ghost was released in, in ni- 1976. How old is Whoopi Goldberg? 62. Goldberg was once romantically linked to actor Ted Danson. Danson was the star of the TV show Cheers that ran for how many episodes? Um, 540 episodes. The movie Ted starring Mark Wahlberg. Uh, starred uh, wa- uh, Mark Wahlberg. How tall is Wahlberg? 5'8". The American author and humorist Mark Twain died at what age? 62. What's that again? He died at age... <laughs> 
62, she said. No, 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 no. He died at age 79. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer was first published in what year? Oh, my God. 19, 18. Stop. Oh, 27. 1827. Sawyer Brown is a country music band that was founded in Apopka in what year? 79. 1979. All right. Get it within 50 and you win outright. If, listen closely. If Sawyer Brown were crows in Apopka, they would have to fly how many miles to reach Nashville? 648. Time. Uh-huh. All right. I don't like the laughing. I don't care for the laughing. No. You're horrible. I have to leave now, don't I? Or no, no, no you get right to there. stay. You get to stay. And stare him down. Yeah. And laugh. All right, Mr. Yeah, Pinkman, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no handicap, Mr. Pinkman. Ten questions for you. Okay. Brandon has chosen you to win this bonus celebrity <laughs> round of closest to the pin. Are you ready? Don't know twice. why. Okay, uh, here yes. we go. In three, two, one, begin. Mr. Pingman, the police shooting of an unarmed man in Sacramento has it has Sacramento on edge. What's the population of Sacramento? Uh two hundred and fifty thousand. Talk about police. The police released the album called Ghost in the Machine in what year? Nineteen eighty one. The movie Ghost was released in what year? Uh eighty seven. How old is Whoopi Goldberg? 65. Goldberg was once romantically linked to actor Ted Danson. Danson was the star of the TV show Cheers that ran for how many episodes? Mm, 212. The movie Ted starring Mark Wahlberg. How tall is Wahlberg? Uh, He is 5'9". American author and humorist Mark Twain died at what age? 67. The Adventures of Tom Sawyer was first published in what year? 1891. Sawyer Brown is a country music band that was founded in Apopka in what year? Uh, 1990. Get it within 50, you went outright. <laughs> if Sawyer Brown were crows in Apopka, they would have to fly how many miles to reach Nashville? Uh, that would be 378. Time. Mm-hmm. Right, let's score this game. We really? see if Brandon picks up that card. What's the popula- <laughs> population of Sacramento? Sabrina said. 505,000. Pinkman. 250,000. It's 485,000. Sabrina's oh, closer. Yeah. The police released the album called Ghost in the Machine in what year? Sabrina said 79. Pinkman said 81. Right on the money, 1981. Oh, double points for Pinky. The movie Damn. Ghost was released in what year? Yeah, Sabrina said 76. Patrick Swayze. And Ooh. Pinkman? 87. 90, 1990. Pinkman gets a point. How old is Whoopi Goldberg? Same. Sabrina said 62. Pinkman said 65. Right on the money. 62. Oh, Sabrina ties up the game. Oh, yeah. Goldberg was once romantically linked to actor Ted Danson. Danson was the star of the TV show Cheers that ran for how many episodes? Sabrina predicted a long run for that show at 540 episodes. Mr. Pinkman with 212. 275. Oh, yeah. Pinkman's closer. How tall is Mark Wahlberg? Uh, five eight for Sabrina, five nine for Pinkman. Mark Wahlberg is five foot eight inches tall. Double Damn points it. for Sabrina. She retakes the lead. Stupid Mac. Four to go. American author and humorist Mark Twain died at what age? Sabrina said, "Huh? I didn't say that." Seventy nine. Pinkman. He said sixty seven. Seventy four. Pink uh, Sabrina is closer. Pink Sabrina. The Pink Adventures Sabrina. of Tom Sawyer first published in what year? 1827 for Sabrina, 1891 for Pinkman. 1876. Oh, yeah. Pinkman gets a point. Sawyer Brown, country music band founded in a popkin. in what year? Sabrina said 1979. Pinkman. 1990. 19. 
81. Sabrina. Oh, Sabrina gets it. Oh. oh. It's 7 2 5. Sabrina oh, leads. No. Get it within 50, you went outright. It's oh, the only man. way Pinkman can win at this point. If Sawyer Brown were crows in a popka, they would have to fly how many miles to reach Nashville? Sabrina said 648 miles. 648 for Sabrina? Yep. Pinkman said 378 miles. 78. Mm-hmm. In fact, if Sawyer Brown were crows in a popka and they wanted to flap their wings and fly to Nashville, they would have to cover 685 miles. Oh! Damn it. Oh, you got beat by a girl. Wouldn't be the first time, won't be the last time. And she was, you said, what was the window? 50 miles? Yeah, 50. So Sabrina would have won outright anyway. Unbelievable. She could have gotten every question wrong, but still beat you. But she didn't. Yeah. Sorry. Whatever. I don't need this. Girl power. go, Go girls. It's more embarrassing when Fritz beats me. What? Why? Why? You've talked to him, you know. He is a pretty intelligent fella. Good job, Sabrina. Excellent job. Wow. I thank you. I thank you. I mean, you're way off base on a couple of them. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, the number of episodes for Cheers, that would have been, what, like a 15 year run for Cheers? And and they deserve it. I was wondering why I could hear Jack laughing out in the hallway. He was laughing so hard. I know. I didn't even hear one of the questions because I just heard your laughing. And I have to, I have to apologize because Sawyer Brown, when she said seventy nine, I thought she was way off. But did you really? She was only off by a couple years. I didn't even know Sawyer Brown was from a popka. I don't even know who Sawyer Brown is. Me neither. Oh come on, everybody knows Sawyer Brown. Hot damn, man. I think they were discovered on Star Search like in the 90s. That's why I thought Pinkman was close. Oh, I guess they're still around. I don't know. Oh, good for them. Maybe they're up in a popka with John Anderson. Remember him? Hello, John Hello. Anderson. Yeah, John Anderson. Swingin'? John Remember Anderson. that song, Swingin'? Oh, yeah, who yeah. could I'm forget? Swingin'. Yeah, Swingin'. That's um, John Anderson. He was from Apopka. Swingin' around Apopka. You don't know the song, do you? No, I don't. Do you? We'll play it when we come back. Mm. Can't wait. It's a, it's a toe tapper. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Get your toes ready. Jack has uh, his audio file when we come back. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Remember, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and closest to the pin. Pin, pin, pin. Status updates. Are you really complaining about traffic? That don't suck. Facebook slash Real Radio. Orlando. Brought to you by Seacoast Bank. See why local is better by visiting SeacoastBank.com. Better by all accounts since 1926. Member FDIC. Spanning the world wide web to bring you the constant variety of sound. The thrill of victory. I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And the agony of defeat. Chicken Tetrazzini. The sound of human drama captured in a world where everything is recorded. It's time to hear what's in Jack's audio file. By the way, I did talk to uh, the guy who called me who said he went to military school with me. Oh, I can't wait for that update. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. Oh. Treasure hunt. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? That's, to a certain (laughs) degree, that's about the extent of it. Whatever happened to, I don't know. Yeah. Well, how about, uh, so, I don't don't know. I lost track with, well, so did I. So what are you doing? Did you have a nice life? What are you doing now? Did he go on to the military? He was in the military, yeah, for a while. A lot of the guys, because I went to military school, and uh, a lot of them did not go on to 
higher education. I would imagine a lot of them went into the service. And I asked them, I said, I mean, how many of those guys do you think went to, because it was right at the high, we need you, we need you, we need you in Vietnam. And just wondering what percentage of that graduating class, you know, was drafted into the service. And if they were, how many of them, you know, made it? Anyway, he didn't know. He had no clue. So, good conversation. So this was yeah, a, exactly. It was you know. So I thought he might know a former high school chum. Yeah, you both went to military school. That's it was correct. your high school down in Miami? Correct. And after five decades, he reaches out. Yeah. But basically, it's like, hey, how are you? How was your life? What'd you think? What'd you think of the ride? He was so excited. I said, because uh, I call him. I said, is this uh, Richard? Whatever you know, his last yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. I said. This is second Lieutenant Jimmy Phillips. He <laughs> flipped. He just flipped oh. out, man. Because you guys are like best buds back yeah, then. Yeah, we were. We were best buds. And since it was an all-boys school, you know, your bud was your bud. Well, let me tell you about that. Yeah. Eh, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> well, I wasn't that kind of bud. <laughs> but what is... Frank Casha was more of my that kind of bud. Than... Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. What kind of bud? <laughs> were we smoking bud? No, more than platonic bud. Yeah. You know, you kids, you, you know, kids experiment. That's all. You just became my favorite person. I mean, kids experiment. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, straight guys won't tell you that when they were younger that you know they That's they had some I'm, they experimented. You know, they have all both of them in there. They've all kissed a guy when they were eight years old or Wait. six or ten. I think this is a good opportunity yeah. for y'all to get that they out did. there. Yeah, kiss I each called other. them my dad. Oh, they say, "Hey, we're just wrestling." You know? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Doesn't mean we're gay, mm-hmm. right? No, it's you're that age. They're eight. They're ten. They're eleven. They're twelve. They, you know, they got these 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 things that are churning inside them. Their hormones or whatever. So they start wrestling with their friends, you know, somewhere they're, you know, they kind of like it, but they'll never admit it. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> I'm very pleased with what you just said, because I've been, I've been determined that everybody, everybody has done it. And I think it says it shows a lot more of a man well, if you're willing to admit it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's, it's a, there are degrees of, yeah. of done it. So did Frank So on the, on the degrees of, have I done it? On a scale of one to ten, I'm at about a one. One. Wow. Is- All right, so you're not Marlon Brando level, right? So when Frank Cash's dad bit a tennis ball in ha- a tennis ball in half, was that after he caught you and Frank doing it at a level one? Nobody caught us doing anything. Thank you very much. Don't make him feel bad for being fe- honest. I don't feel bad about anything I've done. Jack holds my hand some days in here. We did one time. That seems inappropriate. Why? I called HR. They told me to stuff it. They told you to please hold for the next 15 minutes. Wait a minute. Let's be honest. Wait a minute. You were holding hands and then HR told you to stuff it? Yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> I might want to backtrack on that one a little bit. No. That's What's in your I'll audio leave. file? Hey, I'm glad you asked, Jim. Today's audio file brought to you by Court Furniture, the highest quality furniture at the lowest prices. CourtClearanceFurniture.com. Showroom in Winter Park. It's courtclearancefurniture.com. Uh, here we go with the audio file today, Jimmy. Yes. And in the news, you know what's happening. Predict. Tell me what's happening in the news, and I'll tell you if I have the audio for it. Go ahead. Uh, Stormy Daniels. No. Oh, good guess. White House doesn't want to talk about that. They want to talk about Russia. As we have said before, the United States is open to building a better relationship with Russia. Yep. That's Sarah Huckabee Sanders, White House spokesperson, uh, talking about how this administration is finally standing up strong 
to Russia, but hopefully we can have a, a good, productive relationship in the future. A little late to that party. Eh, but they, mm. <laughs> I think they realize, okay, we got to do it this time. We gotta. As of this morning, over 25 countries all around the world have expelled 150 Russian intelligence officers hiding under diplomatic cover in their countries. And that's the key. I think it was the fact that 24 other countries also did something, and if they didn't, it would be like, oh boy. How do we how do we justify this? So they don't, and they stood up, and what sixty Russian operatives asked to leave the country. Closed, they asked to leave the country. Closed down a combat, uh, a combat. Uh, uh, what do you call it? A complex. It wasn't council compound. Consulate. Consulate. It's a consulate which in is Seattle. Uh, a satellite of a, of an embassy. Hmm. Basically, it's a spy house. A spy house. That's a, a consulate. Fun... is not a spy house. Oh, it most certainly is. It sounds like an MTV show. Every <laughs> building that a foreign government has on on foreign soil is basically a spy house, an embassy, spy house, huh. with Does, diplomatic cover. I think you've said embassies have spies within them. There you go. It's a spy house. This summer on Fox, but it doesn't. It falls right into Putin's plan. He's manipulating us again. Adam's plan. Yeah, he does. See, I think he would rather not have his people expelled from our country. You think he's not going to get more people back in the embassy? You think that he they doesn't got thousands have... of these people. He says, yeah. this is the perfect way to say, here they go again. The West is picking on us. The West is picking on Mother Russia. Support me. This is, this is, the, this is a spirit of nationalism. This is how you get more stronger support anytime when you say, somebody else is picking on me. You know, they've picked on Russia since, since the get-go. Nazi Germany tried to invade us. Uh, this happened, that happened, and ever since, uh, you know, they've tried to, they want to blow us up, and uh, now what are they doing? They're kicking our people out of Washington. They're picking on us again, and we here in Mother Russia will not stand for that. Falls right into his game plan, man. Right into it. No medal for you. I wrestle tiger now. With fear in my Yeah, exactly. I bite the ear of tiger. Make make a medal out of tiger ear. Well, they they said sixty Russian diplomats had to uh, leave. However, I think there's more than three hundred still in the country. Yeah, big yeah. game. It is a big game. Uh, what's not a game is the grief that the uh, family uh, is dealing with, and that's the uh, 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 family of Sterling, um, Alton Sterling, mm-hmm. gentleman who was shot uh, a couple years ago. And finally, they said the officers will not be charged. Uh, here's attorney Chris Stewart, attorney for the Sterling family. And he's going basically going after the Louisiana Attorney General, Jeff Landry, uh, basically, you know, I, calling him a coward. We were disappointed that he's not seeking justice. We were disappointed that they didn't even take it to a grand jury. We were disappointed in reading this very biased report that they didn't even follow up with a lot of the witnesses and re-interview them. So after two years, you know, the uh, family hoping for some justice for, you know, an unarmed man being shot by the police wrestled down. And, so many and of them get them all confused now. It is tough. Yeah. It, you know, but for these people, it's been their reality for the past two years and reliving mm-hmm. that, that grief. It's uh, been in the news lately. Uh, here's a little more from the uh, family's attorney, Chris Stewart. That it takes courage to have political office takes courage to be a prosecutor takes courage to fight for justice and we didn't see that in this situation 
And that's calling out the Louisiana Attorney General. Yeah, which Jeff one Landry. was this? Which shooting was this again? This was in Louisiana, Sterling Al- Alton he Sterling. Was, he what was happened? Selling uh, CDs in front of a convenience store, and then they yes. wrestled him to the ground and said he was going for a gun in his pocket, and they shot him. Mm. Yep, I remember that. Well, they did say that the decision is not the last chapter. That the police department plans to hold hearings on whether to discipline the officers says it intends to release four videos that have yet to be made public. Right. So they release those videos, and they, they say they may be fired. The, the, the cops may be fired, although, you know, there's no federal and no state charges against them huh. in this case. Uh, another Civil rights violations, that's for the feds to get involved. Right. I will make you a $1 bet right now, Mr. Pink. Go on. That uh, the, the Justice Department will file a civil rights violations complaint against that particular police department in relation to that shooting death. Take him. I don't think it's going to happen. Deal. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Now, that's I the one in Louisiana, Jim. That's a shooting that happened two years ago. Doesn't matter. We go back a week for the uh, uh, the shooting that happened in Sacramento because uh, Stefan Clark was shot in his grandparents' backyard, also unarmed, also black. Did they... Was he? But was he trying to break into into cars? No, or they, they were investigating car break-ins. Uh, so, so, see this guy in the back in his his grandma's backyard. Yeah, yep. Or on the side what, of the from house from a helicopter, and they're looking down and see him. The, I've seen the footage. I don't know what initially uh, uh, put the cops on. On, on to Stefan Clark. It's at night, though, is it, it not? It was at night, so I, I don't know if it was the helicopter footage where they said, oh, we have an individual on the side, and then they went after him, come around the corner. Yeah. He's standing back there, has a cell phone in his hand. They say, gun, gun, gun. They shoot 20 times and kill him. And then they walk up, look at each other, and say, mute, mute, mute your mic, because they had their uh, body cameras on as well. So... In response to that, Attorney General Xavier Becerra went on to say that his department will make sure that the investigation is fair, thorough, and impartial. Although we will continue to coordinate with the Sacramento Police Department, we will retain our independence as we conduct this review. So, well, you know. boilerplate. Absolutely. Here's a little more from him. Today, we take another important step towards strengthening the respect and trust that we need to keep Californians safe. So you have to say something. You have to get out there. You have to tell them you're investigating. So uh, same for Police Chief Daniel Hahn with the Sacramento Police Force. We will explore and implement ways to better serve our community and find ways to prevent this sort of tragedy in our city. Now, things started getting heated, you know, as the uh, the, the family is still you know, demanding answers uh, outside of the Sacramento Kings game. The past couple of basketball games, you've had protests building up outside. Um, inside, mm. players have are right. wearing T-shirts with Stephon Clark's name on it. Uh, they did a video message in the beginning saying this is not right and this needs to change. So this is a situation that it's it's far from over, especially when you uh, uh, take a listen to some of the family members. Here's the brother of Stephon Clark. My city, y'all hear me? Can you hear yes. Sacramento, y'all love me? Yes. I said, do y'all love me? Yes. Does the city love me? No. So they go on and it, it just gets a little more. Stevante. Yeah, thank you. Tell him to shut the f up, please. No. Tell him we don't hear fuck. He's not the mayor no more. 
So okay. And, anyway, so yeah, things are mm-hmm. meeting gonna, adjourned. Yeah, it, it's going to be um, something to keep an eye on for things happening in California, and it's just this. Ever been to Sacramento? Cycle. I have not. I've been to Los Angeles, Ojai, Orange County, Venice, Oakland. that area. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Went for a week, traveled around a little bit. PCH, baby. Soaked up the sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see any celebrities? I oh, did. Oh, not again. Willem Dafoe. <laughs> this is the best. Willem, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe in but traffic. But like a bunch of girls in the car. No, we sounded like girls. We I know. Were, it was all guys. I know that, but that's what I'm trying to say. So, Sabrina, we're at a traffic light, right? We're just outside of Venice. In the car next to me, I'm in the passenger seat. Dirty Jim is driving, all right? And the window's down, and Jimmy looks over. He goes, hey, that looks like Willem Dafoe. Or he goes, that looks like that guy. And I look, (laughs) and he turns around to me. I'm like, oh, crap, it is. It's Willem Dafoe. And, 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 And Dirty Jim just reaches out, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And it was a week before the Oscars, and he was nominated. And he says, good luck in that vampire movie. Because he w- it was in a vampire movie that oh. he was nominated. And then Jimmy and offered to cook for him, and it was a whole thing. I'll, he then goes, you did I'll, bra- I'll braise at a red light. Yeah. He goes, I'll braise your meats. And uh, Willem Dafoe just looked at us, smiled, wearing a white T-shirt and an old, dirty Toyota Celica, and made a right turn and got away from us as fast as possible. A Celica guy, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, doesn't yeah. like his meat braised, apparently. <laughs> he prefers grilled. Oh, typical Hollywood actor. <laughs> well, you got to come up with some better material than that, uh, Pingman, if you're going to win the joke off. I don't know what I'm going to oh, do. I've, I've got stuff. Your own, or did you? Uh, are you utilizing somebody else's? I may have a ghostwriter. Okay. What? Whatever. Later, joke off between Sabrina and Pinkman. One liners only. I, 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 a little part of me wishes Fritz was here to hear this because, you know, he's our UFO guy, resident UFO guy. New audio has surfaced of a very strange encounter in the skies over Arizona last month. Two pilots reported a UFO in the skies over Arizona. Take a listen to some of the audio from there. Call. American uh, 1095, uh, let me know if uh, you see anything pass over you here in the next uh, 15 miles. You know if anything passes over? American 1095 affirmative. We had an aircraft in front of you. It's uh, 37 that reported something passed over him, and uh, we didn't have any targets. So just uh, let me know if you see anything pass over you. Yeah, so it was. These guys are always cool as cucumbers. I guess you have to be if you're an air traffic controller and a pilot. But at the same time, don't you think it would be a holy. So a Learjet saw an object like at 40,000 feet. It's like, okay, wait, what's at 40,000 feet over me? And then so he called it in to a traffic controller, and they call it into a commercial air flight, and then he said, let me know if you see anything. Yeah, it's murder 295. Yeah, something just passed over. So, uh, right there, uh, like a, don't know what it was, but it's at least two, 3,000 feet above us. So yeah, I passed right over the top of it. <laughs> I don't know what the hell it was. That was bigger than a hay barn. It was really flying by, you know, you know what I'm saying? He's crazy. <laughs> UFO, <laughs> just unidentified flying object. Oh. They were unable to I- identify it. it I damn man, you know, I never seen done done. Mm. Never seen nothing like that before. Yeah, old Jim Bob gave me a tug on the jug, and ooh, I swear I was hallucinating. I mean, we're flying, <laughs> we're flying, you know, fast, and, you know, like poop through a goose. You know what I'm saying? I'm just getting, you. you know, just crying over there, Sacramento over. Jim, you don't go to the bathroom <laughs> here, do you? Uh, I do not. You will not. 
Go uh, sit down. I do not. In the facilities. I will not. Here, even though these are. I went to military school, and as soon as I got out of this, I'm never doing that again. These are pretty clean bathrooms. They have stalls. They have doors that lock. There's really nothing to be afraid of. No. However. Yes, there you, is. Stalls. Somebody else coming in. How? When? Through the door. Well, in the main door, but not into your stall. I don't want anybody. When I. I want privacy. Yeah. I want complete privacy. So did this man at a Chick-fil-A. He was using the toilet and then found himself in conversation as a guest decided to come into his stall. So he videotaped the experience. Andrew. Outside. What? I think your mom's outside, bro. No, no. <laughs> can you just? All right, yeah, that's fine. Just shut. The... Can you shut the door behind you? You just gotta lock it. Yeah, I'll lock it. Thanks, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have been way less calm. Yeah, so I would have kicked him. He, he is just in start there, growling. And this kid, Arr. he just puts his head under the door and then just slides his body under the door and he's like, I need someone to hold me to wash my hands because he couldn't reach the sink. And on top of it, he had a mouthwash instead of soap in his hands. So yeah. <laughs> it was... Whatever. It was a win-win. No, I'm not, a, no so, I don't, I'm not a big fan so of any of that. Then he talks stuff. the kid into leaving, so he decides to videotape this bizarre experience happening in front of him while he's sitting on the can at a public bathroom in a Chick-fil-A. And the kid, and he talks the kid into leaving. So of course the kid opens the door, but now his door is open. <laughs> the kid's closing the door and it's bouncing open. You can actually see the video on our website. That's realradio.fm. You click on the Phillips file, find all the hilarity there. That's your audio file today. Thanks to Court Furniture. Thank you, Jack. Good job. Later in the program, of course, we've got uh, Shot Doctor coming in. We will talk with Scott Maxwell later in the program. It's the Phillips file on Real Radio 104.1. Check of uh, the news. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. Due to the high cost of living, Miami-Dade wants to build housing for teachers in their schools. That's cool, I guess. Or you could just pay teachers a living wage. But what do I know? I'm just a computer. Next, the world's largest cruise ship will set sail from France on Saturday. It is apparently as long as the Empire State Building is tall. Ha. Huh. Overcompensating much. Finally, Australian scientists have uncovered mummified human remains in a coffin that was thought to be empty. Crikey. The mummy jumped out at me like a bloomin' onion out of kangaroo's put mate. Headlines were brought to you by Filatowski Cataract and LASIK Institute. Go to myvisionfreedom.com. End transmission. You're listening to The Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. So I called her on the phone I walked over to her house And this was going on Her brother was on the sofa Eating chocolate pie Her mama was in the kitchen Cutting chicken up to fry 
From the Popkin, that's a big, that's a big time hit. Oh yeah, here comes the piano. Or might have played that on yeah. Sunday morning coming down. Oh, What's wrong with you guys? Yeah. What's wrong with you guys? I'll oh. tell Joseph. Oh, exactly. He might have said, "Oh, geez, that song was so overplayed. Nobody wants to hear that again." Was it? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it certainly might, was. That might be why we've. It's one of those it. songs <laughs> that kind of gets in your head like a small world, and say, "Please stop, Lord. Please make it stop." Swangin. Swangin. I finished that Gary Shandling documentary last night. You like Wh- it? Who aired that? HBO. It's a uh, four-hour documentary. Oh, my goodness. The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. It's interesting. Okay. Apatow. Yeah, I mean, you know, like so many people, when you really start looking at their lives, how complicated they are, how brilliant they are, how petty they are. I don't know too much about Gary. I never knew that much about him. I never saw the first show that was on Showtime. It's that was called it's gary shan gary it's gary shandling's show yeah, right. and then it was the larry sanders show i was a big fan that of I that i used to watch yeah but uh a strange bird there's one moment though when uh, ricky gervais was uh, i mean they said shandling i mean he was the nicest guy in the world i mean but you know he had his moments like uh, like a lot of people where he just didn't things he just wouldn't tolerate and uh, I guess Ricky Gervais was doing a London-based program where he would interview comedians and this. And so Gervais shows up at uh, Gary Shandling's home in Hawaii unannounced. And as a matter of sets up the cameras in Shandling's kitchen. And Shandling didn't know anything about it. You know, they'll set up the oh. cameras and we'll surprise Gary Shandling when he comes in. And we'll just start, you know, put a microphone right in his face and go at it. Oh, man, if, dag- you know, if eyes were daggers and could kill. Oh, and you know, the, the the good part is to watch Gervais. Does he realize what he's done? Yeah, Gervais is just, I mean, you can just see it in the way his eyes are blinking and the way that he's, you know, trying to, because Shanling is uh, a steadfast uh, Buddhist, been meditating since forever. And at one point, at one point, he, he turns to Gervais and said, let's, ta- let's take a minute. And Gervais doesn't know what to do. Just He just says, Let's not, don't do anything for a minute. And Gervais has absolute, he doesn't have a clue about what Shanling is talking about. He just doesn't know. You know, Gervais is just kind of, uh, you know, quivering and shaking and moving. And, and Shanling is just, man, he is cool as a cucumber. They didn't interview Gervais for the documentary, and I wonder why. Hmm. Maybe Did you he see was his- scared. Well, everybody else, I mean, everything, you know, we grew up, you know, we did, uh, you know, it was the standard Seinfeld, and it was the standard, uh, I can't remember the guy's name from Saturday Night Live. Um, Chris Rock, you know, a whole bunch of guys. Chevy Chase? Did not interview Chevy Chase. No. Don Cornelius? No, it wasn't him. John Belushi? No, it wasn't him. Dan Aykroyd? No. They never Newton quite. Minow? No, never quite made it to Fred that Armiston. level. No, Chris I was after, before. Don't anyway, <laughs> Eli Whitney. It's interesting, though. I have to always writing, it. always, always, always channeling, always writing. Sometimes appearing on stage with just like 
That's how my stuff like is. Like notebooks of yeah. stuff, legal pads. But he'd show up on stage and, now this is the stuff I wrote in the last hour. Now, you talk about comedy writing, and I know Mr. Pinkman keeps a comedy book. Sabrina, do you as well? I have like four. Okay. So yeah. notes that you make all the time? Notes that I make. Um, sometimes like this one I have in front of me uh, because it's bigger. I've expanded on my jokes. Then there's a smaller one I carry around in my, my purse. Same. And then half of them, they don't make any sense. Like I will write this stuff down that I think is funny at the time or when I'm out having, you Drug, know, had drugs, a couple, huh? yeah. no yeah, drugs, yeah. having had a couple <laughs> drinks right. and perhaps talking to uh, Samson that mm-hmm. i look back at the notes sober and i'm like that doesn't make any sense why the hell did i think that was yeah funny? but you wrote it down that's what's important because you might look at that later and turn it around or change it around and it might be something that you can work with what's Art- the hardest part about uh, uh comedy or stand-up comedy writing or performing writing writing is so far i, I think uh, writing has been the most difficult and putting it all together because I've, I've tried the just bullet points and i've i've choked really bad and mm. and bombed that's what they say in the biz but then if i write it out and type it out then i memorize it better it's one thing to be in a situation a live situation and something strike you as funny and you think of something funny to say but when you're writing comedy for stand-up you have to create the situation and then have that story unfold and be funny with the right timing and you have to work out your material. Are, are you regularly doing stand-up or just every once in a while? Every once in a while, but I'm trying to do it more often. Uh, fortunately, I've been added to the, the group, the Orlando Comedy Group, so they'll let us know if anything opens up. And I've been trying to get you know back in the game and put my, my name out there and all the bad jokes and some of the good jokes jokes out there. You don't know that you don't know if a joke works unless you unless you present it to somebody. Shandling was writing all the time. This is what I took away from it. All the time. He was writing, writing, writing all the time. Even the seconds leading up to when he was called out, out on stage. Always writing. Big thing for him. He kept a journal as well. Do you keep a journal? I don't, but I've always I've kept been a told. journal, and a lot of the documentaries, entries uh, that he put in his journal, and a lot of the things with Shandling was trying, he was trying, and his ego was a big part of of his his character. He was always trying to dissolve himself of his ego, hmm. just to get rid of it, to get rid of it, to be honest, to be as honest as he could with anything that was going on in his life. And like many comedians, you know, the basis of his comedy was the, you know, the things that were going wrong in in his life. You know, things that were, were not working out. Always writing, always putting something in a journal, always working on material. But if you look at his, at least what they showed in the documentary, a lot of it is about ego. He's a, you know, he was a Buddhist. He was into meditation. He was into these, what is the real... Who is the real Gary Shandling? That's the idea I got out of the out of the documentary. Just always trying to figure out who he was. Phil Hartman. Com- comedy was a no, it was an art. Comedy was a vehicle for him to, you know, his, his his way of becoming introspective to try to figure out who he was and what his place was in the world. If I just a vehicle, it wasn't him itself. Comedy was Joe not Piscopo? him. It wasn't Piscopo. Damn it! If I used Kevin my comedy Nealon. as Kevin a vehicle. Nealon. Kevin Nealon. Yeah, it was Kevin Nealon. Kevin was my Nealon. next nice. close, Very close friends. If I use it as a vehicle, then um, Sabrina, as who, who is Sabrina, is just like the girl who gets into awkward situations and is able to 
to actually like use it as a story, which is great. But I mean, I I've made jokes off of most of stuff that has happened to me in real life. I've put myself into crazy situations by accident. Oh, you don't know crazy. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you crazy. may you might think you know crazy. Let's compare crazy after the break. Ooh, <laughs> like can't wait. Yeah, but you know some of my crazy. Well, that's okay. I don't think it, I'm not judging. It's you against Sabrina versus crazy versus crazier. I'm up for. I'll it. talk to you. It. I'll talk to you during the break, and we'll see where we want to go with this. Okay. Yeah, but there's some things that are. I don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to force you to do anything. No, you don't I, want I to just do. don't. I I don't. You know, I don't want to do a truth or dare or oh, you know. I mean, there are things I've done that <laughs> that. That that will remain a secret forever. There are things that I've done. My my wife Catherine, who I love dearly, I mean, she'll nip. I'm not going to tell her. Hmm. Just, now I want to know. No, it's just I'm not telling you either. <laughs> All right. What about me and Jack? I'm not telling no. anybody. Oh, not, come on. Okay, me without Jack. Okay, it was only three armed robberies, not four. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. To win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. I think that I'll keep loving you way past 65. We made a language for us two. We don't need to describe. Every time you call on me, I drop what I do. You are my best friend and we've got some things to do. Sabrina's helping us out today from the News Junkie. A uh, Wednesday edition of the Phillips File. We will talk with Scott Maxwell later in the program. Sabrina, of course, uh, trying her hand at stand up here and there. So is Mr. Pinkman. How about acting? Any acting desire? Ooh, I would See, love I, to. I, I'm uh, I'm petrified at the idea of getting up there and uh, and telling jokes. I uh, I guess it's probably the idea of being rejected. Acting, I think I could do that standing on my head. Really? I do. Not you know. Is I, it, I just I just think I could do it. Is uh, it the idea of having a script, the the words written for you, and not having to create that moment? I don't know what it is, or maybe uh, you know I'm not confident enough to, uh, and I don't know whether somebody could say, "Hey, we're going to write some material for you, try it out." I think I could get over standing up there. I think it's just what the hell am I going to? What kind of jokes am I going to tell? Some yeah. of it comes to you when you're up there. Yeah. Sorry. Which is nice. But also, you've. Well, you've I'm not taking that chance. Said a couple <laughs> jokes. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not taking that chance. I, I'm not going to do it. You have to realize, though, if you were to announce that you were doing stand up, it would be a room full of people that, that laugh at all the things you say. It's like it's a win win. Oh, yeah, but you could say that. But I'm thinking, uh uh-uh, uh, this is, this is going I've, to. I've had appearance. I do great eulogies. I do. I haven't had the opportunity yet. Memorials. Maybe- no, this is the absolute that could truth. Be your I've, bit. I've done well. Could I've done a bunch of them, whether it's a eulogy or whether it's a memorial. I knock him dead. I am really good. As a matter of fact, I actually Literally. thought about when I retired that I could, you know, hi, somebody's looking to hang. You know, my my so and so died. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows what to say. So just give me some material, 100%. And, and I'll get up there and I'm going to have them laughing. I'm going to have them crying. I'm going to have they're going to be wiping away tears of joy and pain. And but you get me at a charity event, you know, like a master of ceremonies type thing. <laughs> bomb, 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 bomb. I am now. Figure that one out. It's hard. 
Well, no Fig one dies I mean, really, at those fi- things. Huh? No one dies at those things. What do you mean? At the charity event. There's no events. dead person at the charity event. Maybe. No, I mean, I'm just doing my thing. I'm trying to connect with the audience, and I can connect with an audience at a eulogy or a memorial, and I can't connect to an audience at a charity event. Maybe the memorial audience is a little more vulnerable and open to what you're saying than mm. a charity event audience would oh, be. Oh, so you see, what you're saying is, see, ah. Jim, it's easier to uh, it's easier to connect with people emotionally at a uh, when you're delivering a, a eulogy. You're essentially saying anybody could do that. No, I'm not yeah, saying that. Yeah, that's that. what you're saying. That's what he's saying. No, no, he's saying that. Like he's saying that. that. I will I'm say the saying. equivalent. Nice try. To you writing a eulogy is um, me writing uh, bride maid of honor speeches. I I like to say this phrase, um, always a bridesmaid, never a maid of honor, because Aww. I have yet to be asked. But I have written three speeches so far <laughs> for other people. I'll put you up for five minutes at my wedding. No, you can't. I've already asked your bride to be. No, I'm I'm always interested in the process. When Wanzi and Doug come in here, I'm a, I'm a, I'm always interested in in acting and how people memorize their lines. That's a big part. That's a big part of my problem as well. I don't know whether it's some form of, you know, uh, you know, attention deficit disorder. I I don't memorize things very well. You know, when it comes to directions, to putting something together, it's like, you know, you get to step four out of uh, out of 10 steps. It's like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the oh. guy that puts together the, you know, the Ikea desk and there's always four screws left over. That's me. I am the gal who cooks something that simply needs to be heated on a stovetop and spends 15 minutes just going over step one, two, and three. I do that <laughs> Empty with, bag. I do that cooking. I have to follow you know, step two, step three, four, five. Gives me anxiety. But Boy. memorizing things. I think I could do it. I, I was very active in uh, the musical theater program in, in middle school. I was Annie, if you guys knew that about me. Lucky. I was Annie and the Cowardly Lion and Wizard of Oz. Oh, so how do you memorize a line? I mean, how do you memorize your... Years, what process know. do you use or you use when it comes to memorizing your material? Uh, do you go it over and over and over? I've heard, you know, some comedians or some actors, all they do is repeat the lines over and over and for, over and over until it comes naturally. For, I think there are other people who just. For jokes, I'll just uh, say them over and over. I'll say the whole set over again to myself while I'm driving on I-4. That hmm. gives you plenty of time. I type it out and then I'll bold and underline the punch lines. So I don't know. Sometimes it works. If they are memorized properly, but other times I've I've put together a couple lines and it really doesn't make any sense. But if you keep the momentum going, don't acknowledge the bomb, then you kind of oh, distract yeah. everybody. The big else. mistake people make is going, "Oh, I just bombed. I lost you there." Then you really do lose. Yes, because then they realize that you lost them. Because a lot of times people, the the audience isn't aware as keenly as aware of the audience reaction as the comic is. And I've seen comedians and usually newer comedians talk about, oh, I lost you with that one. Or they'll respond and it, and it just draws attention to, it's like, oh, yeah. And then suddenly it kind of removes you from it. Gee, I was having a good time until you told me other people weren't. Now I'm not. Have any one of you had to deal with a heckler yet? Yes. One time, but I didn't really deal with it. it I was ignored only, it. When Pinkman was bad-mouthing the U.S. military is oh, when yeah. he had to deal with that guy. Shannon said not. the best way to deal with a heckler is to use the audience. Don't go directly you know, at the heckler. Use the audience to go after the heckler. Oh, right. okay. Uh, so. Huh? 
How so? I I don't know. I'm just saying you got to. I'll watch. It. I don't. He didn't well, get into a big explanation. I think, I think he wrote to, it yeah. down in his diary, in his mm-hmm. in his in his journal. You know, go after go after use the audience to go after the heckler. So you continue the conversation with the audience like the heckler is another person, and you talk about the heckler yeah. to the rest of this the audience. Guy, hey, I what's right? up with this guy? What's going on with him? Why don't you guys punch him in the face? Yeah, that, I think that's what he had in mind. <laughs> I'll never be Gary Shandling. Well, that's a positive attitude. You can't. She wants to be. Sabrina. You got to say I can, I'm going to be better than Gary Shandling ever was. They're going to make a three-part HBO documentary about me. Ooh, <laughs> mostly because they have a lot of videos to go. Through. I'm also convinced, and I said this yesterday, and Jack doesn't buy into it. Nope. I think many many comedians who are successful, it's like working for the post office. All right, Jim, make that connection. Okay. If you apply for the post office and you're a veteran, mm-hmm. you get a couple of points on the exam. You get a couple of you you're, you get a couple of extra points going right in. Okay? Okay. So you have a little bit of an advantage against the next guy who wasn't in the in the in the Navy or the Air Force or anything. All right, I've retired from the army. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to give you a little bit of extra points for uh, for that and uh, as you apply for the post office or so it used to be. I think there are some comedians, not all, but some comedians, because of the way that they look, and as soon as they come out on stage, whether it's Gary Shanley with a big teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, uh, or uh, maybe Seinfeld the same way, the smile, the teeth. What's with all this? I think there's something that draws, that uh, the, the audience is drawn to, and you kind of come out with a little bit of an advantage as opposed to somebody who looks like Bradshaw. Yeah, he looks. You like know what a I'm saying? Guy. Or looks like me? I mean, we're just a regular kind of Joe's coming out there. And no, but some people, maybe it's an aura. Maybe they have something. Uh, I, I feel uh, like I gotta. I, I mean, think, what about the what you're wearing? You know, there's a, there's some comedians well, it, it out there that, that have an outfit. But I think it's something like in the Sinbad. face. I think it's something maybe in the Murphy. face where people mm, become laser focused on the individual that comes out on stage. I'm gonna have to grow up my unibrow. So I think a unique look, <laughs> Frida. A, a unique look helps someone stand you could out. Do like a Frida yeah. retrospective. Don't do it, Frida Kahlo of comedy. I'm doing it, Safrida. Safrida, that's so cute. But I had that would work. So a like a big head, unique look. Someone uh, with a, a big, big head, head like Pinkman here and Gary Shandling. Oh, he's got a problem because he's out. just a regular look. He's just a regular looking Joe. There's nothing that stands out I about him. I told you I need a unique haircut. Oh, you're too vanilla. I can't help the way I was born. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> I think that I we're on. I, re- I really, do, I really do believe that. Yeah, but at the same time, I mean. Should it just be based on, on looks? I feel like a comedian's audiobook could do really well, and you don't even know what they well, look gotta like. Well, you got to come out. You got to make an impression. You got to grab them right from the get go. It's like writing a news story. Question. Oh, here we go again. All right. Hello. Anybody want to say? All right, Jim. How make that you, connection. Okay. Make you have that. to have a good lead line. You have to have a good headline, or you have to have a good opening line to grab to grab the reader. Otherwise, Snoresville, they go someplace else. There's the connection. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. 
And now the Phillips File presents a game that is not about being right or wrong. Wrong! It's a game that rewards the lucky. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! It's a game where you just have to be close. That's right! You've got that right! The game is closest to the pin! Let's go while we're young! And now, here's your ever-excited host, Jim Phillips! Right, let's blow through this thing. I want to try to get Sabrina and uh, Pinkman in the uh, joke-off that I promised. I'm playing against uh, Joom. Dennis is the backup. What's the prize? Oh, man. It's a pair of tickets to Wasi's Meat Market Sunshine State Egg Fest. Saturday, April 26th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Indian River County Fairgrounds and Expo Center in Vero Beach. Aw. Fancy. Tell you what, there's over 300 big Mm. green eggs cooking at that event, and they are doing much more than just barbecue. You can buy your tickets online at sunshinestateeggfest.com or call 321-242-3348. Wasi's Sunshine State Egg Fest is brought to you by Melbourne BMW. Big green eggs. I hear they're a thing. Have you heard of the big blue egg? No. That's a different story. Vegan. Oh. Well, I want a big green one for my birthday. So let's get this going, shall we? It's a game we are playing. June is our player today. Is that correct, Mr. Pinkman? Yes. All right. Let's welcome June to the program. Hello, June. Hello there. You ready to play? I guess. All right. Here's the deal. This is a category... And we ha- we did this category a couple weeks ago when Mark Quinn sent it, and now Brad also had one, and it's about Jim's favorite movie. Do you know what Jim's favorite movie is? I do not. It's called 1941. Oh, great. All right. I thought it was Bring It On. Uh, Bring It On great. is his second favorite movie. It's actually movie. Step Up to the Streets. Anyway, finally, this is in the wheelhouse with one of Jim's favorite movies, but these questions are linked to significant events that happened in the year 1941, okay? So it's not so much about the movie, it's more about the year, all right? Focus. Jim Jim wasn't alive back then either, so, yeah, I mean, he holds no advantage over you on this. Are you ready to go, June? Yes. All right, here we go. Pinkman, you're going to record the answers? Oh, yes. Okay, we're going to reset the clock for June. June, here we go in three, two, one. On January 13th, all persons born in Puerto Rico were declared U.S. citizens by birth through U.S. federal law. What is the current population of Puerto Rico? Three million people. In March, we were introduced to Captain America from a predecessor of Marvel Comics, Chris Evans portrayed him on film in Captain America, The First Avenger, released in this year. 1952. On May 1st, Orson Welles' film Citizen Kane premiered in New York City. On the IMDb scale of 1 to 10, where does it rank uh, to the nearest whole number? 10 is the best. 8? Okay. In October, Walt Disney's fourth animated feature film, Dumbo, was released in minutes. What is its runtime? 77. On December 7th, the Japanese Navy launched a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. The next day, Franklin Delano Roosevelt gives his infamy speech to the nearest minute. How long was it, the speech? 22. 22 minutes. Okay, gotcha. All right, June, put you on hold. You did well. Sabrina, can you wave Jim in? He can see you through the glass, but he cannot hear us. Tell him I said hi. Okay, recording June's time. 
Thanks to Brad for the category. Thanks, Brad. Have my tomorrow's category ready to go. Objects appear larger than they really are. Oh, see? That's a good one. This is this is the start. You're going to be on the stage one day. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Don't worry, listeners. Jack didn't get it. We didn't hear half the joke either. It's not just you in your car stuck on i I wanted to improve my sex life, so I had a mirror installed above my bed. It says objects appear larger than they really are. Ah. That's a good joke. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I laughed the first few hundred times I heard it. Oh, oh do this. Well, that is my one. first that time. Every time he doesn't understand a joke, I get it. He varies between that and oh, last time I heard that, I laughed so hard I fell off my dinosaur. That's what he's you a, say. He's a real no, jerk I never sometimes. Said that. <laughs> I get it. It's a joke. It's about your small penis. I get it. Oh, I thought it was about a larger woman. <laughs> that was not. I'm going to stick with eulogies, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> It's open to interpretation. Get a, getting a better reaction. You can write one about eulogies. that joke I just made. All right, here we go. Come on, give me some questions. What's the category? Jim, here you go. The category is 1941. Brad, co-producer for All Gaming, wrote a 1941 category. We know uh, Mark Quinn sent one. It's about your favorite movie, 1941. So Brad has oh. a 1941 category in honor of your movie. But really, these are questions linked to significance events that happened in the year 1941. Okay. Not necessarily your favorite uh, Steven Spielberg film. Okay? Yes. Going to reset the clock for you, and we'll begin your round in three, two, and one. On January 13th, all persons born in Puerto Rico were declared U.S. citizens by birth through U.S. federal law. What is the current population of Puerto Rico? Three and a half million. In March, we were introduced to Captain America from a predecessor of Marvel Comics. Uh, Chris Evans portrayed him on the film Captain America, the First Avenger, released in this year. Uh, 2010. On May 1st, Orson Welles' film Citizen Kane premiered in New York City on the IMDb scale of 1 to 10. Where does it rank to the nearest whole number? 9. 10 is the best. Okay. In October, Walt Disney's fourth animated feature film, Dumbo, was released. In minutes, what's its runtime? 85. On December 7th, the Japanese Navy launched a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. The next day, Franklin Delano Roosevelt gives his infamy speech to the nearest minute. How long was it? 17. Speech. Okay, time. What do you think about that? I've got your time. However, Jim, I am adding five seconds. To your time, it's your handicap. Yeah, you're going to add another one. Okay, done. Ooh. Increase it to six. That's brave. Want to increase it any more than that? No. All right, let's grade this. It's UV June. No. You're playing June here for the prize. Going down, June. It's about events that occurred in 1941 and how they're connected to us today. Like today, what's the current population of Puerto Rico? June said. Three million. Jim. Three and a half million. Three million six hundred sixty thousand. Jim gets the point. He's up one nothing sí. over June. Muy inteligente. Arriba. Lo siento. Silver. Muchas gracias. Captain America: The First Avenger. Sí. That was the uh, Chris Evans played Captain America. What year did that film come out? June said. Uh, nineteen fifty-two. Oh boy, Jim. Twenty ten. 2011, Jim gets the point. It's to nothing. Oh, June. Throwing the, throw the towel, June. That's okay. Run she, up the flag. She could tie it up right here if I she doubt gets it. this one on their money. Citizen Kane, where does Uh-oh. it rank? IMDb, scale of 1 to 10. June said? 8. Jim? 9. On the money. 
Eight. June. Double points. June ties the game. I can guess June. It's two to two. Whoops. How about Dumbo? What about it? It came out in October of 1941. It was Walt Disney's fourth animated feature Uh, film. But how long is it? The runtime in minutes. Uh Dumbo. June said. 77. That's a good guess. Jim said. 85. Would you believe? Yes. It's only 64 minutes long. Oh, June. June gets a point. She now leads three to two. Phillips is on the ropes. Settle down there, son. Settle down. It all comes down to this. Watch this. December 7th. Oh, God. Actually, it's December 8th, where Franklin Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, gives a speech, a date which will live in infamy. To the nearest minute, how long was that speech? Oh. Following the attack on Pearl Harbor. June said. 22. That's a good guess. Jim said. 17. The answer? (laughs) Seven minutes. Ah! Jim is closer. Jim ties the game. We're going to time. Watch this. And you added extra time. Doesn't matter. Uh, you I sure? Was speedy. I was fast. Are you sure? Yeah, I know how. I know. I went through three chords in the guitar. <laughs> June answered in one minute eleven point six seconds. Sorry, June. Jim, your new adjusted time one minute four point yep. nine seconds. Oh. Jim, you went on. Sorry time. about that, June. That's the way the cookie crumbles. Dennis, you pick up the prize. Thanks for playing closest to the pin. Remember, close only counts in Good game, shoes. Says you. Grenades. No, I heard that somewhere to else. Pin, 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 pin. Gonna check out the news right now. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. A naked Donald Trump statue is now up for auction. Tremendous, absolutely huge. This is for those of you that want to feel like Stormy Daniels every day when you wake up. Next. An easy jet pilot has been suspended for using Snapchat and posting photos of him and his co-pilot messing around in the cockpit on social media. I hope he used the dog face filter otherwise it sounds totally not worth it. Finally, a dietitian says that the crust of bread is not exactly the most nutritious. Wow. Groundbreaking research. Did this guy get his degree from Trump University? I'm sorry. Please don't sue me. Headlines were brought to you by iHeartRadio and Transmission. That's right, and you can download that iHeartRadio app right now for free on your smartphone. All you have to do is go to the App Store, type iHeartRadio, tap Get, and you are good to go listening to Real Radio and all your favorite music anytime, anywhere. Go ahead and do that right now and get our free iHeartRadio app. Coming up next on this Wednesday edition of The Phillips File, a conversation with Scott Maxwell. From the... Little spot for our Wednesday. Every Wednesday at this time, we talk with Scott Maxwell. And Mr. Maxwell writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. He finally made contact with me. I sent up a couple of texts because uh, North Carolina got booted out of the NCAA basketball tournament. And, you know, I was a little bit concerned and I hadn't heard. I said, I'm sorry, there's always next season. Didn't hear anything. Then I sent him another one, don't jump. And uh, finally, Finally, you made contact. I was getting worried about you there for a while, Scott. I had to leave the country for a little bit, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a gator. I know how it feels. Yeah, yeah, well, that's right. I mean, we're not we're not UVA. We weren't the 16-1 uh, defeat, but, yeah, it was sad. But, you know, it's exciting. It's, this is fun. Good for basketball. We got 
what is it, Loyola eleven seed coming yeah, in the final? Eleven seed Loyola with the you know with the with the nun with the sister. Yeah, I don't think there's a a school left on this hemisphere uh, of the same hemisphere as Florida anymore. But uh, yeah, no, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, anyway, so what'd you do? Take a cruise? I did. You like that, that don't you? I I, I, I have no desire whatsoever. Well, Jim, you just gotta you read your book, you have a drink, <laughs> you take a nap. I read Razor Girl by Carl Hyacin, his yeah, latest one. It's fun. Yeah. Good one. It's good it's good stuff. He's always and, good. Uh, and uh, my wife read like I think five books. She's speed reads. She doesn't remember anything after she reads it, but she, boy she enjoys it. I got a little sun, which I normally don't do. Gained yeah. a couple pounds. But uh yeah, but it was real crap because uh Carolina <laughs> lost as we were pulling out of port. Oh like, really? okay. okay. Now, this is yeah. gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, Turn that exactly. frown upside down. So but I just headed straight to the bar, got my first mojito. It's all good. There you go. Let me get to your column today. Your column today is essentially about how the state of Florida is cutting I was aghast when I read your column today, the amount mm-hmm. of funding uh, that the legislature and the governor and I guess the other agencies are cutting when it comes to funding for the arts. I mean, just an incredible amount of money. And, you know, I, I've always had the idea, and I think you agree with me, arts bring big businesses and corporations to to an area, even more so than other things like sports teams, believe it or not. Oh, that's absolutely. I mean, that study after study has shown that the benefit for arts of society, uh, they they make people, they make businesses come, they make millennials stay, they make students smarter, they help uh, raise test scores, uh, they open, I mean, you just go on. I mean, there's a reason that every great society, back to the days of the ancient Romans and Greeks, have invested in arts. And we're not talking about, you know, everything, as much as schools or healthcare or anything like that but this, this is this is something that both parties have have long embraced uh, when Jeb Bush was running everybody you've just uh, done that but then they have whittled away and over the last like 5 years mm-hmm. the uh, the amount of money that has gone to organizations arts organizations we're talking about things like the Orlando Shakespeare Theater the Holocaust Center uh, up in Maitland the uh, the Polacek the Museum of Art the Dr. Phillips Center but but more of these smaller organizations there's always been a, a tiny amount we're talking about it's, it's relatively small. I think the amount I said that until this year, it was three one-hundredths of a percent yeah. is what they did. It was $25 million is what they were. And then this year with virtually no warning, I, I did not read a single story about it until after uh, it had happened. They cut that by 90%. So it is now $2 million for the entire state of Florida. That's, uh, what are we, the third largest state in America, second one? Uh, to go out and so that every organization that had already been qualified. Now, once again, this isn't just a handout. The state has these these standards. You have to prove you serve this many people. Maybe you serve school children. Maybe you serve indigent. After you get graded, you are qualified. Every group that is qualified will now get six percent of what they were qualified to get, uh, and that's going to go everywhere from the panhandle to the keys. We have to prove anything. The tourist industry doesn't have to prove anything to the state legislature when they're looking for some kind of tax advantage. I never yeah, heard no. of them having to, you know, to, to jump through any kind of hoops 
No, I mean, I just, and, and let me tell you, Jim, if, if they even talk, as we've seen over the past two years, if they even talk about taking one nickel from the, the advertising budget which, uh, for tourism, which is, by the way, completely a subsidy of a for-profit in, industry, which is one, one that is doing gangbusters by all indications, uh, I, sh- I should add, if they ever talk about taking, reducing by one nickel, CEOs from this state storm the Capitol. And make sure that they don't. And yet, this past year, there wasn't a boo. Nobody said squat uh, about this. Even though when you get these same CEOs, they say the same thing you did. They know. They know that it, it affects that they lose their thirty somethings, their forty somethings, their families. They can't recruit people if you don't have an arts and culture scene uh, going uh, going on. Uh, and so that's part of why I decided to get the uh, the head of the Florida Chamber of Commerce uh, on the phone and say, you know, basically, where, where, where were you, bub? I know when you come into my editorial board, you talk about how this is good, but I didn't see you doing anything. And uh, I was a little surprised when he, for the, over the course of 15 minutes, said, you're right, you're right, you're right, we can do better. Well, that doesn't do any good. No, it, it took the wind out of my sail a little bit. You yeah. keep arguing with somebody when they keep doing that. But what I can do is I can put his name in the paper, and I can say thank you, and we will be watching next year. I think there's a little bit more pressure. But keep in mind, this is one of the things when people are now getting worked up, and got, and you got to get worked up. And, and you know what? It's not just about the arts or culture. If you care about something, you got to get off your ass and do something. Because let me tell you, the gun people, they're doing it. You know, what, what, when, you, when you see uh, like tourism, they're doing it. When you see these things that get money, it's because they have people. Uh, and lots of, yes, they have money and they have lobbyists, but they get up in people's faces. And democracy is not a spectator sport. It's participatory. And until you get up there and say, hey, let me tell you something. I give a wit about what the Holocaust Center is doing uh, after uh, something like the riots in, in, in up in uh, Virginia Tech when they're, when they're having a, a forum here, when they're bringing, they're helping understand what the Holocaust was and why we don't want to repeat. There's value in that representative Bob Cortez, who happens to represent that district, for example. And if you let it get whacked by 90%, I'm voting against you, and I'm going to tell eight of my friends to vote against you. That's what the NRA does. Yeah. Didn't, you, and, and uh, didn't you report today, I think, on your website that there seems to be some kind of sea change politically when it comes to Seminole County, which has been, I mean, just strictly Republican for decades now. And you are intimating or making the observation that it's becoming a little bit more, what, purple or possibly could in the next couple of years turn blue. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. We had a, um, a, a you and I have talked a lot about how Democrats just, they, they often lose races before they even start because they don't even try. Right. Or they find, you know, these these raggedy candidates who, you know, barely put on their pants and uh, to, <laughs> to run for office. Uh, and, and for the first time, we're seeing energy in, in a lot of different places. And Seminole County, which has been traditionally Republican, and when I say traditionally Republican, I mean I don't think there's been a Democrat elected. Maybe I think there was one elected to the school board like uh, 15 years ago right. uh, was the last time. They are actually getting energetic, and they have uh, already filed candidates, and for the most part, they look like solid, legitimate candidates in every one of the legislative races, and it's partly because of you know the, the seed changes you mentioned, the seed change, excuse me, in uh, the politics, but it's also because the numbers are changing, and it is a purplish County now. Republicans used to dominate in that county, but I think Martin Comas, who he's the guy who covers uh, Seminole Force, he wrote a story that that said over the last 15 years, 
uh, the number of Republicans registered in Seminole County went up by 1%, mm. while Democrats went up by 25%. Right. So now it's like a four-point different, which is almost a tie. It's still a definitely uh, Republican. And they vote redder uh, than they do, uh, you know, than, than necessarily those things would show. But for the first time, I think Democrats are realizing we got to compete. It, co- it goes right back to what we were saying before. It's a participatory, participatory uh, event politics. And uh, they're actually getting people. And I, if I was one of those reps, I might be nervous because a lot of times – They've coasted back into office without any real competition. So the governor may be right around the corner, is right around the corner, I should say, from throwing his hat in the ring to run for the United States Senate against incumbent Bill Nelson. Were you surprised by Governor Scott's signing or even the legislature's uh, passing of the gun control, you know, Mm -hmm. their version of gun control? I mean, gun gun restrictions as 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 they are right now. Uh, Not really. Uh, I mean, in some in some aspects, from the arch of history, if you told me they passed something, anything that the NRA didn't want, yes, I would have said last year uh, that would have surprised me. But there, there, you could not argue with the fact that there were children uh, slaughtered in the middle of their legislative session, and they couldn't do nothing. And what they ended up doing was really minimal. It had to do with bump stocks and uh, age limits. These are not the two things people that are asking for the most, which are universal background checks, which everyone wants, and uh, high-capacity, uh, banning high-capacity weapons, which mm-hmm. most people uh, want. So I, I don't think uh, I was too surprised because it wasn't any of that groundbreaking stuff. But, it, yes, it was uh, something, and that I think it teed up the governor to feel a look uh, for the race you're talking about as a U.S. senator. But I'll tell you, if you missed it, uh, related to that, one of the more interesting things, though, uh, which I'm, I'm I'm still scratching my head over a little bit. Did you see that Marco Rubio yesterday, he's our Republican senator, so Rick Scott is the Republican governor who wants to challenge our Democratic senator, uh, Bill Nelson, uh, was asked if he was going to uh, support Rick Scott in the race, and he, uh, Rubio basically said, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I work pretty well with uh, Bill Nelson. Jeez, man, a lot of this Rubio, he just... Uh... Wow. That's yeah, it. it was... Now, That's he a didn't surprise. Back in Nelson, he, but, I think he even had some quote that was something like, this is really? as good of a Democrat as I could ask for. But, I mean, is this is this because he's just pulling it out of his hiney? Or do, do they have research someplace where, you know, the aides come, on, uh, come to him or the political whatever committee and they say, look, the, here's what's happening right now. Hit your, hit your wagon uh, to, to Bill Nelson because we show there's a better than – there's a better chance of him being reelected than Scott being able to take over that seat. Or is yeah, it just, no, or is right. it just I, Rubio I, saying, I don't know. I'm just going to say. No, something. I don't get the impression that Rubio has a bowel movement without about four or five aides running through opposition research <laughs> uh, firsthand. So yes, I, I, I think some of that happened. And there's also the fact that Rick Scott was a Trump supporter. Yeah. When you may remember. Yeah. Yeah. Martin, yeah. Rubio was running for president and got slaughtered in his own home state, by the way. Uh, and, I, and he may also be just reading the tea leaves that says that while nothing's for granted, Bill Nelson's a pretty strong candidate. In fact, when we talk about Democrats being uh, doofuses for the most part, Bill Nelson is the only uh, non-doofus among the group that has uh, won consistently on a statewide basis in the last 20 years. So uh, I, it, it, I think it's still interesting. There's a bit of a risk there. But I don't know if you, if you do the calculus, which is what you're talking about. Maybe some Republicans think he should be stronger, but what do they do? They run away from Rubio? I don't think so. So I don't know that he loses much, but it, it was interesting. So when it comes to the gubernatorial race in in Florida, who's ma- who's making who who do you see advancing along? I I so far like this Levine character out of uh, out of Miami Beach, the former mayor of Miami Beach. But uh, 
I, granted, I'm not that pay, paying much attention to the other ones. Yeah, well, and you're paying. I mean, I don't know if it just if it's the only reason you're paying attention. But one of the reasons you're paying attention, he's the only one who's got a, a well, I almost said a bad word, a, a bunch of money, uh, and he's uh, <laughs> you mean like, like a blank load of money? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Okay, exactly all right, I got it. It's got, okay. He's got a ton of money uh, that he's putting out ads, so which is which is pretty yeah, strong, and and all of a sudden his numbers skyrocket, and and you just in modern politics cannot underestimate the power of money. That is that is how Rick Scott got elected, a, a guy who most pundits would have bet their house. Would not. The only thing he was known for was being involved with the biggest, you know, healthcare fraud in the history of the United States. And hey, he's now our governor because he brought about fifty million dollars. So Levine's got that. Um, I, I, I think I, I, I find this Chris King from Orlando intriguing. I think he's got a fresh. Uh, Who is he? I mean, who's Chris King? I'm the. He is a. He's from Winter Park. He is run affordable housing uh, business. He's made a lot of money uh, in the, in the private sector, which I think there's a certain segment that finds that somewhat uh, attractive right. sort of that, the, the, the business. And he's the one that sort of brings this. I'm not running from uh, uh, Christian roots. Instead of instead, what I'm doing is I'm taking it back from uh, the conservatives who have warped it into something ugly. And I'm saying that uh, everything about my face says we got to take care of the poor. We got to educate our kids. We got to invest in culture, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and I, I don't know, Andrew Gillum, I'm not sure how he gets there. He's, he's the, guy, the mayor of Tallahassee who has really been ballsy and like sort of taken on the NRA before he was even running as mayor. Uh, there was some stink in Tallahassee. I don't know whether he gets a lot of money. So I, I think Gwen Graham ends up being one who's sort of the top two, no matter how you slice it, just because of uh, her history as a member of Congress, and her father was uh, one of the most popular politicians in the history of Florida. Yeah, and you think that really counts country. anymore? I mean, certainly, I remember when, when her father was the governor, and uh, I thought, uh, by any measure, he was a pretty good governor, but, you know, so many people have moved into the Sunshine State since Bob Graham, you know, left office. Well, he was in the Senate as well. I mean, we have seen his face. I'm just wondering whether Floridians make that connection to oh yeah i remember the father when he was governor i don't think it makes that much of a difference if it because if it did there was a guy who you've probably forgotten named bud childs uh who ran for governor and finished as a uh basically uh an ink stain on the on the highway (laughs) Uh, i mean he didn't even register and then and he was of course the son of lawton childs who was another quite uh famous famous governor but i think it opens doors and she's also an incumbent uh, excuse me not incumbent a former member of congress herself uh, so she's got access to a lot of uh, support. And the thing that she has done that I think she is hoping will resonate is she has really wrapped her arms around teachers. Excuse me, education. She's a former teacher herself, and I think that will resonate. But it does. it's looking like gun issues are going to rise to the top. So anyway, that's on, that's on the Democratic side. Uh, on the Republican side, it's still not set yet. Richard Corcoran is the one who's the House Speaker, uh, who's widely expected uh, to get into it. But Adam Putnam and Ron DeSantis, uh, Ron DeSantis is a congressman from Jacksonville, and right. Adam Putnam is our uh, agriculture commissioner. Both of them are just going to have a ton of money, and Adam Putnam has been in politics since he was, you know, came off the citrus farm in Polk County. So uh, both of them have a decent chance. All right. What's coming up in the next column? Uh, 
I have, yeah, well, Seminole uh, County may be getting their act together for, yeah. uh, for next year. And then to, and Sunday's column, I'm looking at a little bit about how special needs populations have uh, been shafted. I wrote about a family three years ago that, as an example of how they weren't getting the care they needed. It was a nice response, and that that family got the care they needed after that. But there's about 20,000 other people who don't, and I'm going to make the case we can do better. Right, there you go. We'll be reading. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks. My Welcome pleasure. back. Thanks, guys. Scott Thank Maxwell, you. he writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. Coming up next, it will be Sabrina with the Shot Doctor in a Wednesday edition of Shot Doctor Casting Call on Real Radio 104.1. Your next chance to win $1,000 is just minutes away on Real Radio 104.1. Phillips file for a Wednesday. Shot Doctor is here from our sister station down the hallway, that sports station. Uh, that would be FM 96.9, the game. Yeah. What was the big sports story today? A couple things going on today, Jim. Number one, the fact that Major League Baseball season begins tomorrow was one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And also, the spring NFL meetings have been in Orlando. They're finishing up today. And... Uh, a lot of things coming out of that as far as rules changes, trade rumors, Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, boy. Good stuff. Coming to Orlando? No, he's his name has been out there in trade rumors with all the teams here in town. It's been a really good story. What's the uh, Magic's record now? I'm going to say 22 and 51. You 50. don't know? <laughs> I'm going to say 22 and 51. And a team they're playing tonight, Brooklyn, has almost an identical record. They're playing Brooklyn tonight. Yes. Okay. Right down here at the Amway Center, they're both roughly twenty-two and fifty-one. You get HBO. HBO on cable, home box office. If I watch, doctor. you know what? I think I have it, but I never watch it. I, I never put it on that channel. Well, but, you're paying for it. What yeah. do you watch? Uh, let's think. ESPN. Anything besides that. Old movies. Old movies on yeah, channel. I, got, I have a channel you don't even have. Hmm. It's It shows 24 hours of old movies, channel 256. It's tremendous. Lifetime. Oh, Turner Classic Movies. That's ah. what it is. I have that one also. So, But pretty much a lot of sports. I did find this, 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 this show on the Weather Channel that I like, Weather Underground, channel 362. It's, know, really, it's really good. Where they try to look hip. Well, they. Yeah. You've yeah. seen that they got the bar and they got yeah. a couple of gumball machines and some cool, other things. A great There's nothing host about weather forecasters. Great I'm host sorry. And the great Mike Geddes. He's the host. Even Cantori's not hip. Jim Cantori is hip. No, he's not hip. He's really hip. Stephanie Abrams is hip. <laughs> okay. Okay. These people are hip. Time I don't for, know if he's hip. Time for shot time <laughs> casting call. Here's what we're gonna do today. All right. <clears throat> Sabrina is taking part in Shot Doctor Casting Call today. I find a movie. I take a scene from the movie. Then we act it out on the air today. It's the Shot Doctor with Sabrina. I just want to say from the get-go, before you get the camera rolling, we have two thespians, but only one Jimmy available. Oh, Thunderdome. Well, Jim, as a man that has won over 30 Jimmys over the years, I am oblivious to pressure. I don't feel it. I'm oblivious to it. This is uh, this this particular scene is you gotta you gotta you gotta swing at it. Jim, you know what I'm trying to say this I, is I, not I, this is not a uh, this is not a, a single to right. You gotta this got to be a home run. This got to be out of the park. I've done them all. 
Well, I'm just saying you're up against a pro. Who wasn't able to make it, so I'm here. <laughs> Very funny. I'll write that one down. I, th- I, th- I think he meant you. No, no, he meant that you were the pro. Well, thank you for saying well, that. Well, I did. <laughs> so you've seen the scene? I watched it today on my computer. It's pretty cool. Sabrina, you've seen the scene. Twice already. Okay. You have the dialogue in front of you. Are both of you ready? And the outfit under me. Okay, here we go. All right, I need uh, everybody quiet on the set, please. Quiet on the set. I'm getting my game face on. It's on. Lighting is absolutely perfect. Cables are set aside. We have quiet on the set. Ready? Ready? Action. I know something will make you feel cool and fresh. Alcohol rub? Cologne? No, thanks. We'd smell like a couple of cats in a heat. Fumper, 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 no, fumper. No, no, no. That's a fumper. No, fumper. it's not. I've never I'm heard of that I'm going to give you All right, I'll give you another no. chance. That was a fumper. No, all right, I'll sc- all right. It's a scripted fumper. There's it's no a, scripted it's a, fumper. No, it's in a script. No, it is not. It was, all right, it was, we're a, gonna... it was actor's hesitation. All right, Sabrina, I need a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more volume is all. Okay, mm. you ready? Mm. We're going to try this all again. You got a fumper, but I'm going to do away with it. You get a mulligan. Ready? Action. I know something that'd make you feel cool and fresh. Alcohol rub. No Cologne. thanks. No thanks. Bumper. What do you mean? You, you oh stepped on her line. I jumped right in. No, you stepped on her line. It's alcohol rub cologne, then your turn. Once again. Action. I know something that would make you feel cool and fresh. Alcohol rub. Cologne. No thanks. We'd smell like a couple of cats in the heat. It's cool on the lawn. I'm not going down there, not for you and not for Big Daddy. At least you can give him the present that I remembered to buy for you for his birthday. Then you can write a few words on this card. You write something, Maggie. It's got to be your handwriting. It's your present. It's got to be your handwriting. I, I, I didn't get him a present. Well, what's the difference? If there's no difference, you write the card. And have... Him know you didn't remember his birthday? I didn't remember. You don't have to prove it to him. Just write love brick. For heaven's sake. No. You've got to. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. You keep forgetting the conditions I agreed to on living with you. I'm not living with you. We occupy the same cage. That's all. Cut. My There's God. a Jimmy. My God, was I good. My yeah. God, I was, wow. I was There's earth- a Jimmy. Oh, I was earth shattering. Thanks for the Jimmy. I'm getting the call right now from My the God, committee. The committee is calling it right now. This is one of the cases where an immediate Jimmy is awarded. Yes. Okay. I know. Page one. Yeah. Towards the bottom. Yeah. A little slurry talk too. A little slur going. Yeah. The Jimmy has been awarded to Sabrina. Yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Yes. I am filing a Jimmy protest. You can file all you want. You had three fumpers. <laughs> Jimmy's too shy. You slurred when you got down to the second page where you said, I don't have anything. I don't have to do anything I don't want to. Hmm. You keep forgetting the conditions I agreed to, to stay on living with you. My, that, that's what I said. I no, was, you didn't. I was dynamic. No, you said you keep forgetting the conditions of living with you, living with you. Well. I'm sorry. I, I thought the I was passion. Not, I thought Sabrina from was absolutely superb. Only. I thought she, I think she was just. I think she, right first pitch, right out of the park. Sabrina did a very nice job. Okay, she you did a really nice job. By the way, thank you. You want to touch hands? No, maybe. By the way, you can text us if you think, think you know what the movie is. Oh, Jim, they're guessing. Was it Planet of the Apes? No. 
Fast and Furious. <laughs> no. Murphy Brown. No. Uh, Thunderdome. No. Let's see. Ah. Uh, what else do we have? Porky's. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Gong this idiot. Well, oh, no, that's not a guess. That's oh. just a... It, it, <laughs> Saturday Night Fumfer. Pillow Talk. Nope. Three nope. Fumfers and nope. a Baby. Nope, nope. And then many, many guesses for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah, Tennessee Williams play. There you go. See, the problem, you know, the problem that you had today? Yeah. You were focused and worrying too much about Pinkman's wedding. Well, it's a big thing. Yeah, I know, but you came into the studio. Instead of focusing on your role in this particular movie scene, you're getting all fatutsed over, over Pinkman's wedding. Well, Jim, I have a very large role in Pinkman's wedding, something I take very seriously. I've been thinking about this since uh, we talked about it about 1 o'clock today. Point made. I mean, I'm in charge of a lot of things with the wedding, from food to music to comedy to everything mm-hmm. else, seating people and stuff. I take these things seriously. Does your fiancé know about this? Thing? Yes. Uh, oh, you mean yeah, his um, fiancé? My intended, yes. The word that Mr. Pinkman will not use? Why? You haven't used it yet? No. Haven't like, you heard? I don't like Scared. French. He will not say fiancé. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Are you going to say wife? So when you intro- I don't understand. When yeah, you introduce your French. betrothed, to other people, I mean, he won't say, and by the way, this is... Uh, Are you saying girlfriend? My, my fiance. This is my lady. Who? This is my old lady. <laughs> I'll find some euphemisms for you. Do it biker style. Anyway, Jim, I've got a, I have a very increased role in Pinkman's wedding. It's something I take very seriously, so I'm really focusing on this. I think you're in charge of the bachelor party. Got to find... Oh. What hat oh, yeah. are you going to wear? Say what? what oh, yeah. Which hat are you going to wear? I'm not wearing a hat. You need a formal hat. Oh. A formal hat. Like a top hat. If you were to plan his bachelor party, what what would what would go into the mix? We're leaving town. Okay. All right, deal. Where are we going? Well, I don't know if I'm invited, but anyway, let's say I am. Where are we going? Grossinger's Resort in the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. Oh, oh my God. Party. <laughs> going, going to Grossinger's, huh? One of the great resorts of all time. The big comedians all yeah. play there. Nobody leaves, leaves baby in a corner. What? It's just trying to make <laughs> a connection. Uh, yeah. Dirty Dancing, yeah. Dirty Wait. Dancing. The movie Dirty Dancing. Gross Singers. We will be yeah. Gross Singers. It's a big resort, and that's where it happens. What, are we going to play Mahjong? What are we going to do? We're going to be entertained by some of the great comedians of our times. Chucky Green. Mort Saul. Okay. Joey Bishop. Joey, I was thinking Joey Bishop. It's not a bachelor party. Jan Murray. It's going to be great. Yeah. I'm uh, leading the charge. Is, is this place even still open? Shot? I don't think Grossinger's is open. <laughs> Grossinger's? Oh. Yeah. Pigman. The Gro- fo- it's not only is it open, it's expanded. It's beautiful. It's oh, big. Okay. I must be looking at the wrong photo. Think Grossinger's can find a stripper for you? Yes. I sure hope so. Oh, definitely. The Catskill Strip Club. You hear mm. that? Where they open early and serve breakfast. This is going to be, be good. Nice. Yeah, okay. I like breakfast. Hey, Jack, while we're there, can we do the finish line from there, too? Absolutely shot. <laughs> we're going. Grossinger's. You, you have to Grossinger's. pay Have a wonderful engineer. time. You're going, I, too. No, I'm, I'm not excited. going to Grossinger's. Why don't you want to go to Grossinger's? I don't want to go to Grossinger's. It's Jim. a beautiful place. I don't want to go um, Oh, yeah, there's tons of graffiti, a green pool. Yeah, exactly. So. See, here it is. Mm, that's some gefilte fish. What mold else? poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> my parents, Jim, my parents took me there in 1959. You know what we saw? What? The Everly Brothers. What? Cool. No kidding. Wow. Okay, that's the kind of high-class entertainment <laughs> they have. The Everly Brothers. Uh, who, who opened for them? 
Stephen Eating. Stephen Eating yeah. Gourmet. Okay, this is the kind of entertainment that Gross Singers has to this day. Okay. Only the best. All right, okay. Well, Bateman, I don't think you should put him in charge of the yeah. uh, bachelor party. I mean, I was thinking maybe Vegas or something. Jeez. Okay. Trying to party. You really? paying for it? Hell no. Hi, I'm having a bachelor party in Las Vegas, and meet me there. And pay yeah, for my that ticket. Might, that might be fun. Be there or be square. Whoever comes gets to be in my party. Yeah, okay. Thank you, Shot Doctor. I'm sorry about the Jimmy. Maybe next time, huh? Next week, I'm getting one. Okay, good I luck promise. to you. I'll Congratulations, you Sabrina. <laughs> Job well done. Thank you for my right. Jimmy. We'll take a little break. When we come back, five-minute professor, right? If we can find him. It's the Phillips File on Real Radio 104.1. Right, so Philip's file for our Wednesday. I'm taking a couple of minutes away from the five-minute professor, but I'll give it to him on the other side because we won't have any drive-on music today. I promised at the beginning of the program, because Sabrina from the News Junkies helping us out today, hey. that we'd have a, a joke-off between <laughs> Sabrina and uh, Pinkman, both of them aspiring stand-up comics. I've seen both of them uh, in their routines. They're both very funny. So I said, come up with one-liners. Either you can, I don't care if you rip them off, I don't care if you write them yourself, and then Jack and I will decide uh, who gets the most points or who wins the the joke. How many jokes do we have each? Five. Five. All right. Who wants to go first? Mm-hmm. And then I'm the second guest. time, somebody else will go. Does that mean I go first or you go first? Um, you're used to joking off. Go for it. <laughs> All right. All right. You go. You you Does tell that count as one. Right, <laughs> You tell your one-liner, then Sabrina will tell her one-liner, and then Jack and I will decide who wins the f- the first round. Okay, mm-hmm. we're alternating. Here comes right. uh, Pinkman. <clears throat> a Florida man was caught trying to steal a rack of ribs in his pants. Guess he misunderstood ribbed for her pleasure. Okay, Sabrina, what do you got? I saw a sign that said, watch for children. I thought to myself, sounds like a fair trade. <laughs> Damn it. What do you think, Jack? I'm going Sabrina. I like Sabrina All right, on that Sabrina one. Sabrina leads right. one to nothing. Okay, Sabrina, you're first up. Um, I don't know if you guys heard the news, but an actress was stabbed over the weekend. Uh, Reese. What? Reese. What is it? Reese. Witherspoon. Oh, actually, with a knife. <laughs> with a knife. Pinkman, your turn. <laughs> an airline out of Pakistan has had to apologize for leaving two corpses in New York. Sounds like they forgot to pack a stand. Oh, rim shot! Right, I'm going Sabrina. I'm yeah, sorry. Sabrina. Sabrina's, Sabrina's waiting two nothing. Okay. This is ridiculous. All right, Pinkman, your turn. <clears throat> I broke a mirror in my house, and I'm supposed to get seven years bad luck, but my lawyer thinks he can get me five. Decent. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have the heart of a lion and a lifetime banned from the Brevard Zoo. <laughs> bet, I'm going to go with Pinkman on okay. that one. All right, all right, two to one. We've got to go two to okay. one. Who's up? I think uh, it's, Sabrina. Okay, right, Sabrina, you're up. Two more to go. Um, okay, it's just one liner. Can I just, can it be a little bit longer? Yeah, sure. Joshua knows this one. This is, this is uh, I was inviting my friend to go out to drinks yeah. with me, and he said, um, no, I cannot join you in a blackout because I have a dentist appointment the next morning. And I don't want the dentist to smell my breath and lay judgment upon me. And it was at that moment that I realized that my gynecologist knew exactly what I was up to before my appointment. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Top I it. Can, can you can. top it? Come on, top it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. 
<laughs> North Carolina has decided to put an end to shackling inmates during childbirth. Makes sense. I hear that can cause arrested development. Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina, Sabrina, are three to one. Nothing you can do. No, I can't yeah, win. Yeah. No, you can't no, win. No, wait. No, if I, I get this one in 25, then I went out right. All right, yes. tell us. You can yeah, not, yeah, yeah. If you knock it out of the park, but let's <laughs> no, see what you can on. do. Come on. A police dog once accidentally fired a gun in a parking lot. He's now on administrative leave for being a bad boy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Sabrina, just wrap it up. Have you got one more? I have. Uh, or you just want to leave it there. You won, so you don't have to do yeah, it anymore if you matter. don't want to. I went to a party the other night. Yeah. I had my brand new uh, Apple Watch on me, and I was showing it off. But people, there's so many people, I lost it. And I'm looking through the rooms for my watch. I walk into a room. A guy is stepping on my watch while while groping a woman that unsolicitedly. She was, he was doing it without her wanting it. So I punched him square in the face. And I said. There's no unsolicited groping, not on my watch. Oh, rim shot. Please stop. If I had a dollar. All right, good Say job. what you want about deaf people. That is the first and only <laughs> joke off between Sabrina and uh, Mr. Pinkman. Well, good uh, luck on your careers as you continue oh, with you. this. I mean, it takes a lot of courage. I, 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 I commend both of you for doing this. All right, let's uh, let's get the five minute professor on. Okay, let's do it. Ready? Here we go. It's time to rise above the butt jokes and hemorrhoid humor, even if only for a few fleeting moments, and actually learn something. This is the five minute professor. Right, greetings and salutations, professor. I'll give you a couple extra minutes on the other end of uh, the clock. What do you got for us today? Well, it turns out that uh, I saw Mr. Pinkman earlier this week. True. Uh, out and about. Oh. Uh, he was watching at least one woman with very tight pants. Really? This... It was at a softball game. Mm -hmm. It turns out that Sabrina was there as well. Mm. Because my softball game was immediately after their softball game. And um, it reminded me of something which I just very much enjoy doing, but particularly when I'm playing softball. What's that? Chewing gum. I was thinking, I so do I. I love chewing gum. And in particular, I love bubble gum. And in particular, I love Big League Chew. Me too. It is my favorite gum, bar none. I should be more grown up than that, but I'm not. Yeah. Big old bag of, of that. Yeah. And just, just chewing away. I'll chew away for two hours. It's fine. It's no problem for me. So we're going to talk about gum. Well, I thought you were going to talk about softball. Well, we could have talked about softball, or... What position do you play? Uh, I They have me playing third base mostly. Sabrina's when a great they, uh, softball player. She is a great softball oh, yeah. player. I've Thank seen you. her play on several occasions. Yeah. However, our teams great have show. played each other, and I have never been there when our teams have played each other. You played ball in high school? I did not. Uh, do you play in college? I did not. Uh, is this your first time playing ball? No, no, no. I played softball recreationally for all of my adult life. Okay. But I never played in school. I never played. I, I played, like, the Little League and the Farm League stuff growing never up. Never played big ball, uh, big boy ball. I never like played ball. big boy bat. No, it's mainly because I'm not that good. Oh, that's all right. I, I have all of the, the intention to be good. Yeah. I understand the game. Mm -hmm. I'm like a really good third base coach. 
Uh, you know, the hitting is a challenge for me. The running is a challenge for me. Lots of things I'm bad at. I like his self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> Bending down to field a grounder, it's a little bit of a challenge. Yes. I I like stopping the ball without actually catching it. That's what I'm really I'm, I'm good at knowing where the ball is going to be and putting myself between it and the outfield. That's about it. All right, yeah, block it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can block it. Not going to make a lot of throws from third anyway, let's be honest. So we're talking about way. gum. So gum, yes. People have chewed sticky stuff for thousands of years, mainly... General Santa Ana. I'm giving you points, points for General Santa Ana. Because General Santa Ana introduced chickle to the United States. Right. When he was the former Mexican presidente back in the 1850s. Uh, but before that, uh, many cultures chewed saps of a variety of trees. Some of them meant to have a kind of antiseptic quality to them. You know, they cleaned your teeth, they freshened your breath, uh, things like that. In South America, they chewed cocoa leaves or coca leaves. Mm. In South Asia, they chewed on beetle nuts. Mm. They still do that today. Uh, they're not the nuts of beetles, no. Uh, it's B-E-T-E-L, beetle nuts. And it's um, kind of addictive, and they get really red mouths. Yeah, stains your teeth. Yeah, Worse than red wine. Uh, yes. The Inuit chewed uh, whale blubber, <laughs> which is uh, gross. Uh, but the Mayans discovered chickle. And uh, but, that, is, that is what the modern gum, including chiclets, of course, is made, was originally made from chickle. All right. Just hold that okay. thought. Just hold that. I'm going to give you extra minutes, I promise. I'm up okay. against the clock. Because I want to find out what Chickle is all about. It's the 5-Minute Professor on Real Radio 104.1. Got to check out that news right now. Here's Big Daddy. Thank you, Big Jim Weasel. North Carolina has decided to put an end to shackling inmates during childbirth. Makes sense. I hear that can cause arrested development. Next, a Lake Howell High School student has been arrested after beating a girl at school with a Pop-Tart. I hope it was a good flavor. Not like unfrosted strawberry. Ew. Finally, a Subway restaurant has been busted for selling dime bags with sandwiches. Hey man it's important to have greens on your sandwich man. Eat fresh. Headlines were brought to you by the Phillips File Live blog. Go there to see a guy interrupted in the bathroom by a kid at realradio.fm. And transmission. Call now for person, place, or thing. 407-916-1041. From You're listening to The Phillips File. Sorry, Sabrina and I were talking about hitchhiking. Back to the five-minute professor. We're going to get some more information on Chickla. Or or Chickle. 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 Which is the, what, uh, main product or used to be for chewing gum. Uh, correct. And it was a sap which was uh, harvested from uh, Mesoamerican trees, mm. much the same way that latex was harvested. There'd be long diagonal cuts in the bark, and the sap would trickle out, and they would collect it. The uh, Mayas, the Aztecs, chewed it, 
but they also used it for repairs. Wait a minute. Hold on. Latex is a natural. I thought latex was artificial. I thought rubber. No, latex is natural. It is. Yes. I did not know that. Yes. I learned something new from you. Finally. Ooh. Eight years in, that up, and I got one true. thing on you. That's awesome. No, I never did. I thought latex was, you know, like uh, much like uh, nylon nylon, or rayon. Rayon is is like silk. Right. Uh, No, latex is is an actual naturally occurring substance. I did not. I did not know that. We make a natural. We we make a synthetic version of it now. Okay. And we make a synthetic version of gum now. We don't use chicle for anything now. Uh, There's like. Three brands of gum, including a brand called Tree Hugger Gum. What's your favorite? Actual chickle. Besides bubble gum, uh, what's your favorite gum? <sighs> like that double mint? I do like a double <laughs> mint. A I one. do like. Um, I like dentine, but you know, you have to have five sticks of it to make anything. See, I like the new, the new gums that they have, which are balls or or squares like chiclets were with a little candy coating on the outside which provides the flavor for it yeah i like those they sell them in uh in little cups that they can fit into the cup holder in your car oh the icebreakers like icebreakers yep that's a good points a good brand um i'll give you some points for that gums (laughs) yeah yeah the, the earliest gums uh, the New York chewing gum, the modern version of gum as we know it, was introduced in 1871. Now, for two decades before that, they used to sell a gum which was essentially unflavored, but they would sell it with, like, powdered sugar. So you would dip the gum into powdered sugar and then chew on it for a while and then dip mm. it into the powdered sugar and oh, chew on it for a while. Weird. Then in 1884, they developed blackjack. I like blackjack gum. Licorice-flavored gum. I liked it. I, I don't, I don't know that I liked it. I, I love licorice. I hate licorice, but I like yeah. blackjack gum. Professor, are you yeah, chewing gum right now? Of course, I'm talking about gum. Why wouldn't I be chewing gum? Because That's... it's disgusting and it makes me want to hang up on you. It's like clotted cream. <laughs> you don't have to worry about Bradshaw. You just worry about me. Oops, I'm hung up. I on... know. <laughs> oh, where'd he go? <laughs> look, look, look! Now we can't hear you. So black blackjack gum, you can still buy it. You know, absolutely, you can. And you can still buy chiclets, too, but chiclets are no longer made, and blackjack's no longer made with uh, chickle either. But uh, Wrigley Spearmint Gum mm. uh, was also introduced right around the turn of the century. The reason that gum is popular worldwide is because of USGIs. USGIs were issued gum in their rations, and they used it as a bartering tool around the country. I can't. Uh, around the world, excuse me. What's the matter? Uh, I can't hear him chewing. What are, you, what are you hearing? I don't hear anything. Does anybody hear him chewing gum? Uh, Jack said, the noise, the noise, it's driving me crazy. I, can't, I, can't hear I can hear this I can hear him slapping in his mouth. Oh. I don't hear that at all. <laughs> I'm, I think it's that spot, that studio. I think it is, too. It could be. It could be where he's sitting. Uh, in 2000... I'll get even. Me, in 1992, the government of Singapore outlawed chewing gum. Correct. You can get lashed. As a result, Singapore is one of the cleanest cities. They don't have gum on their streets or anything like that. They'll throw you in prison and lash you if you spit on the sidewalk. Absolutely true. Uh, since 2004, <laughs> since 2004, yeah. the government has allowed that sugarless gum mm-hmm. can be sold with prescription from a doctor or a dentist. Wow. 
So if you want to get your sugarless gum in Singapore, it needs to be by prescription. But that Nicorette. But, you know, Nicorette is a gum. You were talking about this the other day. I used to and smoke was, and chew Nicorette. I, That's a cool buzz. Hmm. And uh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> that is absolutely true. Wow. Hey, you, uh, what? What's the matter? Well, it's. I don't think Nicorette's tasty. Is it tasty at all? Is it just... I was looking for taste, baby. I wasn't looking for taste. I was looking for it. Do you wear the patches and chew the gum? I had that too, yeah. I had a patch. Take the cigarettes, Mm -hmm. wrap a patch around it, smoke the patch, smoke the cigarette, chew the gum. I love nicotine so much, I was actually uh, talking to my doctor about uh, if I could get a stoma in my throat so I could smoke two cigarettes at once. (laughs) That's a good one. He's on fire. I'm telling you. You can write, put that one in your journal. It's. I'm already halfway there. It's say? really a Dennis Leary joke, but I'm not. So <laughs> when I was at the ball game yeah. on Monday night, I was chewing gum, so I did not take Mr. Pinkman up on his offer of a PBR, which he was sure would make me better at softball. Yeah, you loosen up, bro. He was confident bro. I would be better. Was Pinkman playing? Pinkman was watching. <laughs> he's um Cheerleader? He's, he's part of the cheerleading squad. Correct. It's me, a woman, and a baby. Yes. Walk into a bar. <laughs> All right, anyway. And a woman's mad. Give me 30 more seconds on gum, then we're going to have a quiz. Big League Chew yes. is shredded, packaged in aluminum foil. It was created by a former Portland Mavericks left-handed pitcher named Rob Nelson. That's right. Who pitched it to the Wrigley Company, longtime owners of the Chicago Cubs, by former New York Yankee All-Star... Jim Booten. Yeah, there's a hit. Jim Booten, a maverick teammate of Nelson's, and it is just really good. Over 750 million pouches of Big League Chew have been sold since 1980. Oh, take Introduced in May of 1980, its traditional pink color yes. has already uh, was already established in previous brands of bubblegum. The reason that bubblegum is pink is because the first guy to make bubblegum had a bunch of pink dye. They were actually thinking about trying to put make it purple or blue, to a bunch of different colors, and that, that went nowhere fast. Yeah, they, they sold it as grape for a while. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that it, most kids prefer a not terribly sophisticated flavor. They like to have simple flavors as opposed to complicated flavors for their gums. Those are the ones yeah. that sell the best. And our final... Facts. In 1996, Susan Montgomery Williams of Fresno, California, set the Guinness World Record for the largest bubble gum bubble ever blown. It was 26 inches in diameter. Not wow. bad, huh? Uh, a slightly smaller bubble, the uh, 20 inches by Chad Fell in April of 20, 2004, is the largest hands-free bubble gum bubble. Oh, okay. Are you ready for some questions? So she blew bubbles, right? Uh, she did. And somebody gave her some gum. But <laughs> I don't know if you knew hey, Bubbles. Oh, rim shot! <laughs> Who's Bubbles? <laughs> <laughs> He's a clown. Oh, a happy clown. Yeah, it's an old joke. <laughs> All right, let's go with the quiz. Here we go. Number one. Yes. Jim Booten was an all-star in 1963 with the Yankees. Yeah. But his book, Ball Four, mm-hmm. was mostly about his time with the Seattle Pilots. In what year? 1970. Before 1970. 1960s. 1958. After 1958. We're close. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 1961. After 1961. Moira. 
<laughs> I don't know. Yes, what... Moira. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yes, it's fine. Nineteen sixty-three. After 1963. Oh, what do we got? 63 to 70? Come on. Yeah. And come on. Serena still left to guess. Uh, I'm going to go yeah. with 1966. After 1966. Oh. Sabrina, 1967. It is 1969. Oh, oh my favorite number. Oh, Sabrina. Come on. Sorry. We got some bonus points. In season, Jim Booten was traded to the Houston Astros. The Astros have played in two World Series. They won it all in 2017, beating the Dodgers on the road in their seventh game of the World Series. What year were they swept in the World Series by Chicago? What year were the Houston Astros swept in the World Series by Chicago. Oh, Jesus, like uh, idea, Jack. Jack, yeah, 19... Uh, After? Two th- oh, 2004. After 2004. Oh, no, it wasn't 2004. 2010. Sabrina. It was before 2010. There we Sabrina. go. Sabrina, 2009. Before 2009. France. Mr. France. 07. Before 2007. Oh. So between 04 and 07. Um, I'm going to go with 05. Oh, five is absolutely oh, correct. You right in there. You don't want to get Sabrina shot. Okay. Well, Sabrina went mode. Okay, go. all right. Yes, but they were swept. Oh, wow. So they were swept in the 2005 World Series by Chicago, but at that time it was the White Sox. The Astros moved to the American League in 2013. In fact, they're in the AL West. Al West was a professional in what sport? Facing such notables as Stonewall Jackson, Jimmy Carter, and Percy Bassett. He was known as Sonny Boy. Al, Sonny Boy West. What sport? Wait a minute. Who else did he play with? He, he uh, faced such notables as Stonewall Jackson, Jimmy Carter, and Percy Bassett. Sabrina. Mm, Sabrina. Tennis. It is not tennis. It's uh, golf. It is not golf. It is. Fritz. It is a sport which has... Less equipment than either of those sports. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. Basketball. It has... Jim. It is not basketball. Mr. It's darts. It is not darts. Uh, I'm going to go with... Was a professional in what sport facing such notice with Stonewall Jackson, Jimmy Carter, and Percy Bassett? Is the same number of people on the team as darts? One. One. Uh, bowling. Not bowling. We don't Is know. Anyone not gone? Billiards? It's boxing. Uh, really? Oh, oh, yeah, Jimmy Carter, Al big boxer. He was a boxer. He was a boxer. <laughs> he was known as Sonny Boy. Sonny's Barbecue opened their first restaurant in Gainesville yeah. in what year? Jim, Jack. that was... Oh. Mr. Bradshaw. <laughs> Go ahead. No, Jim. I'll say 1960. After 1960. 1976. Before 1976. Sabrina, 1973. Nice. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 1967. After 1967. Oh, yeah, 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 was that Oliver, Funny Girl, The Lion in Winter, Romeo and Juliet, or Rachel Rachel? Jim, that was The Lion in Winter. It is not. Okay, I tried. Is it Oliver, Funny Girl, Romeo and Juliet, or Rachel Rachel? Sabrina. The picture in 1968. Sabrina. Sabrina, Sabrina, Funny Girl. It is not Funny Girl. Is it Oliver? Oliver. 
It is Oliver. Thank you. Nice. nice. Barbara Good job, Oliver. Right. Okay. However, Catherine Hepburn yes. won her second Best Actress Award for her role as Eleanor of Aquitaine in The Lion in Winter. That year, she was 50 years old when she won her second Best Actress Oscar. Mm-hmm. How old was Catherine when she won her first Best Actress Oscar? Oh, she was Jim, uh, She was 26. She was older. Oh, Jack, 33. She was older. Ooh. Sabrina, 42. She was older. Fritz. I'll go 48. Fritz. 48. She was older. Mo. Okay. 49. Mo. Well, she was 50 when she got her second. Right? Yeah, well, Mo's got it. So. Oh, sorry. I'm looking for the straw up there. Well, well, for, 49. 49 is absolutely right. There you go. All right. Oh, good job. All right. A good that couple of minutes. Guess who's coming to dinner in yeah, quickly. Got to wrap this up. Guess who's coming to dinner was the last film for Spencer Tracy. Yes. Tracy Morgan was born in 1968 in what northernmost New York City borough? Jack, the Bronx. The Bronx is absolutely correct. Nice. Okay. Nice. Done. The Bronx Zoo has been a premier wildlife center yes. since its founding by the Boone and Crockett Club. Mm-hmm. In what year? Jim, 1900. Before 1900. Oh, oh. Jack, 1895. After 1895. There we go. Fritz. Mr. Fritz. 1897. Yeah, 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 yeah. After 1897. Mo. Mo. 1901. No, it's before 1900. That's pretty typical. Pinkman, 1898. After 1897. Sabrina, bring it home. Sabrina. Yes, Sabrina. 1899. Thank you for paying attention, Sabrina. Mo will learn a thing or two from you. Okay. 1899 is correct. Theodore Roosevelt was one of the founders of the Boone and Crockett Club that spun off the Sierra Mountain Club and the Redwoods Preservation Society and the Wildlife Conservation Society in the Bronx. Since it was founded, the Bronx Zoo has been a breeding population, has had a breeding population, of what North American bovine? Since it was founded, the Bronx Zoo has had a breeding population of what North American bovine? That is the buffalo. Bison. I accept buffalo. It is a bison. Nicely done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. What USC city? What US city has been home to ten defunct teams, all named Bisons? Two in hockey, two in football, two in basketball. Before. What US city has been home to uh, ten before. now defunct teams, all named the Bisons? Pinkman. Mr. Pinkman. Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York is absolutely correct. Yeah. It was so obvious that yeah. you think it was the right answer. I know. I'm like, wait, it can't be. Yeah. He's, tricking us. He's tricking us. Yeah. St. Pete. There are four different <laughs> Buffalo Bison baseball teams. There's one active team in AAA in the International League right, where you okay. can chew gum but not tobacco. The two, Toronto Blue Jays use the Buffalo Bison as the farm team. If you were a particularly talented crow and you got called up to the bigs from Buffalo, how long would the drive be from Buffalo to Toronto. How long is the drive from Buffalo to Toronto? Uh, Jim, that would be 30 minutes. Uh, distance, miles. Please. Oh, that would be 10 miles. Ooh. Longer than 10 miles from Buffalo to Toronto. It's Jack, 80 miles. Longer than 80 oh, miles from Sabrina, Buffalo to Toronto. 120 Toronto. miles. Fewer than 120 miles. Oh, Fritz. Fritz. Mr. Mr. Fritz. 100. 100 is absolutely You guys did a good job, but right. not a great job. This is a 74. We'll take it. Yes. We'll take it. 
C's get degrees. You got that right. Absolutely correct. I am the 5-Minute Professor. You can find out more about the 5-Minute Professor if you go to the 5-Minute Professor Facebook page or check out my YouTube channel. I have over 200 videos on my YouTube channel, several of them interesting. I have three shows every week. I will do a show tomorrow night at the Silly Grape in Maitland. On Saturdays, I am at the Waco Taco. And on Tuesday nights, every single Tuesday night, for Half Price Pizza Night at Post Time Lounge and Cafe. Good job, Professor. We'll do it again next Wednesday. It's the 5-Minute Professor on Real Radio. Oh, there we go. PPT music. Person, place your thing quickly. The prize, Mr. Pinkman. A pair passes to the advanced screening of Blockers on Tuesday, April 3rd at AMC Altamont. Uh, let's get this over with Jake. Pick a person, a place, or a thing. Uh, let's go person. Let's go person. Thanks to Brad for the category. Who is this person? This Californian, now deceased, was born into a big family of Italian immigrants. Uh... Martin Scorsese. That's, That's your final answer? That's a good guess. Unfortunately, that is uh, wrong. Here, here we go, James Clue, number two. He dropped out of high school to work odd jobs, including hawking newspapers, stacking boxes at a warehouse, and working at an orange juice plant. This Californian, now deceased, born into a big family of Italian immigrants. Um, Come on. I have no clue. Uh, Just thinking of an Italian. There are millions of them. Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. That's a very good guess. That's your final answer. Wrong, however, though. We go to Jill, clue number three. He is referenced in songs by Simon and Garfunkel, Billy Joel, and Madonna. This Italian. Oh, Jill's gone. Jill's gone. See you later. Here we go. Here is Jim. Here we go. I'll give you two clues. Referenced in songs by Simon and Garfunkel, Billy Joel, Madonna. The Yankees erected a fifth statue outside the stadium as an apt tribute to his retired uniform number. Who's this person I speak of? I would have to say Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. That's your final answer? Yeah, baby. Hey, there you wow. go, Joe DiMaggio. Hey, common bond, common bond. Marilyn Monroe, Mr. Coffee, and 56. I get it. All right, that's it. Thank you, Sabrina, for hanging out with us Thanks today. It was a lot me. of fun. We'll do it again. And congratulations on your Jimmy, and congratulations on winning the first joke off against Pink. Man, what a day for you. Let's get out of here. Good show today. Thank you very much. We're back tomorrow at 3. Thursday edition of the Phillips File starts at 3. Right after Shawnee's The News Junkie with Sabrina and C. Lane. They follow the monsters in the morning. Tom and Dan are next. Tonight, eat dessert first. Grin like a dog. Wander aimlessly. Pound your conk as often as you can. Buy your books with cash and eat some ants. Bye-bye and take care. away on Real Radio 104.1. Oh, boys and girls, tomorrow night is the night for the third night in the Monsters Comedian of the Year competition at the Abbey. Doors open at 7, show starts at 8.